Street Fight Radio listeners. It's here, the podcast you love. We're taking calls tonight, as always. The number to dial is 614-655-3887. You can talk to Street Fight Radio and the entire community. Let us know what's going on in your corner of the world. Uh, we will be here until midnight Eastern Standard Time. We do it every single Sunday. So if you got a call, you want to do it, that's the time. You got to get in early, though. The queue fills up very fast. And we are appreciative of that. It's, it's great that we don't do this and no one calls. That would be embarrassing. That wouldn't be a successful call in show. But we've been doing it for a couple years now, and a lot of people call in that tell and share stories that are absolutely legendary. And we couldn't do it without all of y'all. So. As we continue to move through this world the best way we can, uh, it's going to take a community of people getting together and knowing your neighbors. And Street Fight is a wonderful online community of people that we really appreciate all y'all that show up and support what we do every single week. Uh, We have been doing this for a very long time. My name is Brett Payne. My co-host is Brian Quinby. We're the number one anarcho-comedy radio show on any station across the nation. And you can hear us live on WCRS in Columbus, Ohio. And if you want more of what we do, head to Patreon.com where there's videos, zines, live streams, all kinds of fun things. And we have plenty of new merch in the Street Fight store, lots of stickers, pins, and patches, things like that. Store.streetfightradio.com has all of your Street Fight merch needs. It also goes towards... Spreading the mess across the U.S., building the team. How's it going, Brian? Pretty good. You know, before I left to come here, I mean, I I already screamed and yelled at Brad about milkshake machines, uh-huh. so I got I got out. that out of my system. But uh, before I came here, I was reading this article about how Trump lost. You know, it was okay. kind of a post mortem on, or like these really funny little nuggets in it. Like there was one where they were like, uh, "Well, the campaign was having trouble with money. They didn't have." They didn't have as much money as the Biden campaign, so they had to choose strategically where they spent that money Uh on commercials. So they bought Washington, D.C. area cable commercials just so Trump would see them and feel good about it. That's smart. <laughs> yeah, they were just like, Jeez, everybody's gonna- running commercials for me. This is great. He's going to be mad. If he doesn't see the commercials. Right. But that was, I mean, I mean, the way it reads, it was just like a bunch of people covering their asses and like knowing that he wasn't going to win. So they were like, I don't know, man, who wants to tell him? Like nobody wanted to tell him. You got to show you tried. And the analytics for online watching, they know who Donald Trump is. So they're going to feed him ads for Donald Trump. Right. And they don't, that like, he doesn't understand that like the ads should be running in Pennsylvania and Arizona and Georgia. He just wants to see the fucking ads. If he sees the ads, it makes him feel good. And they were like, you know, there was a month or so out. It started to look like it was going to be a pretty slim like lane for him to get in where he would win. Uh-huh. Like they knew the polls, but they were just getting them and then throwing them away, <laughs> throwing the bad ones away and showing them the good ones. And then the last little nugget that cracked me the fuck up was that he knew he biffed that first debate. 
right? Okay. Like he he knew he uh, he left and thought he won, but then the next morning was like, eh, I think I looked bad. So his whole thing was like, well, I'll just get this second debate in and I'll look like a normal person and that'll fix right. all that. And they canceled that debate. So he was like, yeah, I, I, they were like, we got this last debate. So they put him in little rooms before they came out to debate. And in his room, his campaign staff uh, hung up a bunch of pictures <laughs> Of rally audiences, so he could see them, and it would make him feel good before he went out and did the debate. <laughs> yeah, pop him up. Yeah, I mean, he got used. I mean, I, the Republicans won a lot by with him, but yeah, they're done with it. They do not like him. They basically, I think, the way they feel is like you know he insulted us a lot. He talked a lot of shit about us. And it's time to jump fucking ship. You know, you get Joe Biden in there. They know they're going to be able to get whatever the fuck they want out of that guy, too. Yeah, yeah. And he's not going to insult them and tell them, like, you know, you look like Andy Cap or something like that. You know, he's not, he's not going to, they're not going to have somebody in there saying, you're, hey, Alfred E. Newman, what's your fucking deal? You know? Right. And then, like, Connor Southard actually on Twitter posted this, but I guess Donald Trump Jr. and his wife, like we're really freaking out like prominent Republican fundraisers. Like they would go to these fundraiser dinners and she would say like, whoever donates the most money, I'll give them a lap dance. <laughs> no. Yeah. And Donald Trump Jr. was saying stuff about like, they said he was very like sex jokes. He was a sex guy. You know what I mean? At these, at these fucking things. And it's just like that thing. What a fucking wild world we live in. That 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 all was going on in the elite halls of our governing body. You know. Yeah, they got their time. <laughs> yeah, they did get their time. Perverts got their time. You know, they they got to run wild with it. Now we got a new kind of pervert. Uh, you know, I'm also seeing this thing about mass rapid testing. They got a rapid COVID test now. Really. That does it in 20 to 30 minutes. Oh, I didn't know. I mean, I've read about that in other places. I didn't know. And they have them. And they're like basically like a pregnancy test. Like they're quick. But yeah. they're less accurate. But also, they could just... They're cheap. They say they're cheaper than the ones they're doing yeah. now. It's like they could just keep doing them. Man, if they could fucking do that, that is the path to touring. If they could test... All the time. Just give me 50 tests. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just give everybody a bunch of tests and let them test. Yeah, there's lots of places that have established this. Paper tests is what they call. But yeah, they're just disposable. You just, and you get an answer. It's better than not knowing, you know? It, it gets people way before they're like, oh, God, I feel pretty sick after the Halloween party, you know? Yeah. It, it gets them way, like you could just, we could all rapid test before we did something. Not perfect, no, but way better than the alternative. A risk uh, I'm a lot more willing to take than just no testing. Right, right. Yeah. Yeah. Instead of just like taking someone's temperature. Yeah, the temperature thing is ridiculous. Ridiculous. I mean, this is all I did in the first parts of the uh, uh, pandemic, though. You know, like when you just thought you had it every minute of every day. Yes. 
You just we had a thermometer sitting next to my station here at the uh, uh, in the studio. I had a thermometer sitting right next to me that I was using all the time. Someone mentioned going to a job and they keep finding different spots on your head so that you're low enough to work. <laughs> I believe that. I believe. I believe that they would do. They. I mean, the temperature thing is silly anyway. I don't. I don't even know where that came from. I mean, I guess if you're sick. I mean, people do work through fevers. That was just bosses. Bosses were like, what if we took their temperature? Yeah, that's enough, right? Not a test, but it's a... Get them back in here. It's not a test, but it's a test, you know? I started watching this cooking show with weed. Oh. Weed now. I love that stuff. I actually watched watched a weed cooking show on Quibi. Oh, okay. Yeah. This is on Netflix. It's a regular length of a show. It's not a quick bite. Okay. It's a 45-minute bite. bit much for me, but... Yeah. And it's okay. I mean, I watched an episode with Michael Rappaport on it, and it's like, I could do without him. He's a stony? I mean, he was just there, and all... Oh, my God. First thing that happens is one of them makes a vegan dish, which, by the way, this woman cheated, okay? This episode... The holidays. It's a holiday theme. You make a holiday themed meal. It's kind of like chopped. Okay, so it's a competition. Yeah. Your chefs have to make a holiday themed meal. They have to pick a holiday, three courses, holiday themed meal. Okay. Weed in it. All of them? All of them with weed. (sighs) Okay. One gram per me. That's a lot of that's a lot of weed. Oh, the motherfuckers were putting like two, two and a half in each course. Gotcha. You know, and then maybe some C B D. It is like they were riding your high, right? Gotcha. So anyway, the first person is doing Thanksgiving. That makes sense. It's a holiday. Yeah, it's great. You know? Yeah, you want three courses easy to do for Thanksgiving. Yeah. You know? You make a green bean casserole, you make yourself a duck. Some kind of shit, you know what I mean? Yeah. Or uh, turkey, whatever. Pumpkin pie. That's a next one. Ramadan, novel, very cool, and I'm sure I don't know what traditional Ramadan food is, but it looked good. Okay, very into it. This other woman, she goes, I'm doing three different holidays actually for one for each course to to recognize this nation's multicultural roots, and I'm like, oh, listen, okay, listen. You read the instructions wrong and like didn't she just didn't understand the instructions. Yeah, this happened. is someone that has like a cross <laughs> tattooed on them, like a, a star of David and like a, a, a meditation. Well, symbol. She, she saw holiday and didn't read. They, they probably give you an instruction yeah. sheet, you know, and she's like going through holiday. Oh, three holidays, you know, and, or uh, I got to pick three holidays. And she gets in there and everybody else is doing one holiday. And she's like, but I, I planned for three. And then that she is, was like, what about multicultural roots, though? We, that's actually why I'm doing it. So it's a good thing that I didn't do it right. It irritated the shit out of me. Sounds like a stoner thing to do, though. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And then the only other thing that annoyed me was Michael Rappaport did that joke where, like, this guy, this guy serves a vegan course and he was like why do vegans have to tell everybody that they're vegan and i'm like why don't you edit it you could have edited yeah, that we don't need to hear that ever again that's over i don't want i don't i don't like that that's that is the identify as a attack helicopter of 2010 yeah. yeah yeah i hate that joke 
I hate it. I don't even know why it bothers me so much. I hate people haranguing vegans. You know? I hate it. Well, vegans, let them just eat nuts or whatever it is that they do. My you know big, my I mean? only gripe is when they say vegan stuff is actually vegan. We're like, this is a vegan salad. It's like, okay, well, yeah. I mean, I, wasn't ex- I can't expect that from you because I know you don't eat sh- that stuff. So Yeah. I mean, saying vegan a lot, like all your food's vegan, you know, where you're just like, well, we're having vegan pizza. We're having vegan this, vegan that, vegan this. And, and you're uh, that I, just makes me think like, I'm going to get something to eat. Like on the way here, because that always makes me nervous. I don't. I have you're this, Michael Rappaport. I have this thing in my head where nut cheese bothers me, and I know that cheese tastes nutty. Like it says on the cheeses. Now I can't taste the nut uh-huh. when they say this. Oh, this has notes of nuttiness in this cheese. I I can't ever taste it. But for some reason, when you shave nuts to look like cheese, I'm like. That seems like peanut. I just don't like it. It seems like peanut butter to me or something. It just bothers me. What's wrong with peanut butter? I don't want it on pizza. You know what I mean? Oh. I'm like really weird. I'm really weird about... I I don't have a problem with vegan stuff. I'm very weird about the replacements. Sure. For the things that I eat that they are able to control themselves and not eat. Like I fully realize that I am the one that is an out of control maniac. You know what I mean? And like, I personally have a huge, I didn't eat a vegetarian sausage until a last summer. Cause I just was like, what are they mashing in there? And you know what? The other sausages are a pieces of an animal. Oh, yeah. you want to ask the listeners a question by the way? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we got a question. Yeah. I got, st- yeah, this is a good one. We played headbands last night. This is the second time I've had the game headband. I've had this card. Headbands is a kid's game where you put an item on your head and then you're supposed to ask questions to everybody else. So I asked a question, am I an, I said, am I a food? And they said, yes. And I said, am I made of animals? And they said, no. And I was a hot dog. Which is made of animals. But they said, they were thinking that since once I eat veggie hot dogs, so I would not consider a hot dog being made of animals. But I only, that's why you have to say vegan hot dog though. Because if you say hot dog, that doesn't mean vegan at all. I was pissed that, I, I, I was standing there when this happened and I wanted to go like, you're made of animals. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I, I didn't play the game because uh, I didn't want to wear the headband. That's, you know. No fun, Brian. Yeah. Somebody's got to be the dad in the situation, and that was me. I don't want to put a headband on. Yeah. If it was a game without a headband, I'd have played it. It's the headband. It's fun. Putting on headgear to play a game. It's a very frustrating game. I also never... Yeah. There was a lot of fighting, actually, the whole time. It's very... You get in a lot of... Especially when... Because you're so frustrated, and then you pull it off of your head, and it's like penguin, and you're like... What the fuck? I asked this. I would have known if you would have answered this yeah. right. Yeah. Is there, you are so right about the hot dog thing. I mean, yeah. even just the term hot dog, maybe, maybe even vegan hot dogs or vegetarian hot dogs should be called something else, but we yeah. have a frame of reference. It's like a frame of reference thing. It's the thing that, you know, when people start yelling about uh, uh, oat milk or something yeah. like that, and you're like, well, 
It is technically not milk. I will agree with you that it is not milk. But what is it? You know? Right. I know what. It's oat water. It's yeah. water strained through oats. I fucking get it. Right. You but know? It's, thicky, it's thick and milky and creamy and it's yeah. like milk. Actually, my daughter claims, after last night, she, she claims that macaroni and cheese is better with oat milk. The Kraft macaroni and cheese, better with oat milk. Oh, wow. Than regular milk. Yeah, I won't try that. We're an oat milk family, really. We love oat milk in my yeah. house. Who doesn't? It's the favorite of the substitutes. I'm just glad it went generic. There's a generic oat milk? Well, Aldi has it. Yeah, Aldi has it finally. Uh, we love it, man. Yeah, We're nuts way less. for it. We're nuts for it in my house. I don't know why. The other one skeeved me out, but oat milk's great. All right, let's see what the callers want to talk about. Yeah, they're calling in. They're waiting on the line. They want to talk. They want to talk turkey. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? You're on the air. You're on the air. Hey, Hey, welcome to Street Fight Radio. You're the 10th caller. (laughs) First caller. It's you. Oh, okay. Yeah, this is uh, Russell. I called in. I called in last week. I was ranting about uh, workplace positivity and, and, and education and all that, that sort of stuff. Yeah. 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 We agreed with you. So, uh, yeah, I was, I was calling back because uh, I wanted to do a follow-up on that. And uh, we're looking at Joseph Biden being the new president of the United States. And honestly, the Democrats pulled out a win, but... I feel like it was deeply irresponsible the way they ran that campaign. I mean, for one, more white women voted for Donald Trump this time. More Republicans voted for Donald Trump this time. And Donald Trump had the most minorities vote for him since Richard Nixon. It's it's the most minorities a Republican has picked up since Richard Nixon. And it's like, I know there's a lot of celebrating right now, but it's like, you guys really did something that was quite, quite dangerous and and quite reckless. I mean, they're just going to put the lid on the pot until four years from now and it explodes. Yeah, they're just going to lose them. They're going to lose them four years. That's I I think we all kind of knew that if Jumpin' Joe, that's what I call him, Jumpin' Joe Biden. I like that. Yeah, it makes him sound... I don't know. Like he's jumping. It's not like one of Charlie Bucket's grandparents that yeah. was sitting in the bed. You know, he remember he found out he was going to the factory and he started dancing. Yes, he got very excited. <laughs> That's what jumping Joe Biden's doing right now. He's probably dancing. Yippee! Yippee! He's heel heel clicking. I mean, and the Democrats are taking the wrong message. Yeah, from that they are saying that like defund the police hurt him, and it's like that is not what happened. What what happened is people are mad about everything, right? But I think COVID really this is this is the COVID election. People were pissed about it and the people that voted for Trump were pissed because they thought Joe Biden was going to close more shit. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And I think that that is, I think all of it can be boiled down to lockdowns and COVID. Most of it. I mean, obviously there's, there's the, 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 uh, police issues and stuff, but like 
it can all be boiled down to people are tired of being locked down and Trump was a promise that we weren't going to be locked down anymore. And Biden is sort of a promise that we're going to take some kind of a serious approach to dealing with this thing. And who knows what that means? And if that's going to happen, I'm not saying that it just means he'll just be remorseful on a stage. Like yeah. he's not going to be a buffoon. He's just going to, you know, or that he'll not. Hopefully he'll, he'll acknowledge that it's happening is what I feel like. But I think it's very hard to tell what the long-term ramifications of this are going to be because the Democrats have been saying the left is out of hand since me and Brett have been doing this show. And it seems like we pick up more and more local and local seats and stuff like that. And I don't think Joe Biden is looked at, or I don't think Donald Trump is looked at as a traditional Republican. So... I guess what I'm saying is he's he could lose. I, I mean, we are going to be we're going to be fighting the Democrats no matter what happens. Yeah, all the time. It the the Lincoln Project and and this idea that we're all they were going to flip Republicans to vote centrist Democrat completely failed project. Yeah. I mean. I'm I'm in the boat with you guys. I I voted Democrat only because I'm, I'm like I want someone to take control of this COVID situation. Yeah, that's I, all I, I care about. Voted for him otherwise. I'm not voting in 2024. Probably. I I I highly doubt that I'm going to go back in there and pull the lever. I just I needed. Here's what I needed. I needed somebody that wasn't going to ignore it. And I needed somebody who was going to put somebody in charge of it and listen to that person. And once I saw that, you know, all I can really say is that, like, I don't think Joe Biden's going to, like, solve COVID or anything, but maybe we can get some midway, get to some midway point where we can somehow start getting parts of our lives back. Because I just, I got a teenage daughter this thing is so tough on teenagers and, and it's taking away a part of their life. They think is important that I keep telling her is not that important. And it's, it's kind of, you know, it seems more important in the time, but like, uh, uh, I want my life back too. I, I want my job back. I want to do the things that I was doing before this. So, you know, the hope is that he takes it seriously and that something happens. And then, we were never going to be able to celebrate. There was never going to be a time where people on the left were going to celebrate. And uh, we just have to, we just have to realize that like, there's a certain amount of people who do celebrate, who, who are celebrating, but we don't get to do that yet because we have not won yet. And we are going to win. I know we are going to win in the end, but it's not going to be through the Democrats and we can't get too excited, I guess. You know, we we, we are not celebrating. Yeah. They are. Ce I see it as they are celebrating. And it was nice to see people, you know, I'm not happy about Joe Biden or whatever, but people were driving down the street yesterday, like honking and holding their signs out. And to be honest, during COVID, seeing people happy about something is worth, you know, it's been a really rough run. 
you know, we've we've been beat up by the police. We've we've had this this lockdown shit, and we've had this uh, uh, just two hundred over two hundred thousand people dying, and uh, it's really fucking hard. You know, it's it's really fucking hard, and uh, uh, to see people feeling good is really nice. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so. Uh you know, I had to get my piece off about the election, but I, I was actually calling you guys, but I wanted to, wanted to follow up on your guys' episode about death metal with Riley. Oh, okay. Yeah. What's up? So, uh, so I'm from Texas and Riley mentioned a lot of the, uh, kind of like hardcore metal bands from Texas that, that were playing around, I guess the past 20 years and man, like, I I've been watching a lot of these musicians play since I was like 16 years old. I'm like 33 now. Yeah. And, uh, he, he mentioned bands like mammoth grinder. Uh, he's the, the drummer of power trip. I've been, I've been watching Chris Olsh play since he, I was like a, a teenager and it was, it was just so cool to see him like kind of grow up with me and actually become like a respected musician in metal. I mean, he's, He's releasing stuff for Relapse Records now, and, and there's a just a bunch of really cool bands that have been playing in, in Houston and Austin and Dallas, and Power Trip was really the culmination of, of all those bands, and it, it was like, I had so much pride about Power Trip, because it was like, that was like probably about 20 years of, of bands playing in Texas and making hardcore and metal, and, and to see them like make it and like... uh play for like Ozzy Osbourne and shit like it was incredible for me and I, to, to hear that he passed away with, during this very terrible year it, it really really took something out of me I it, I think you guys really recorded something amazing with that episode oh yeah. thank you yeah I mean it's uh I mean you know that's what it takes to stay in I mean you have to stay in it to win it like to make it in the long road uh, it's 10, 20 years later and all of a sudden you realize you've been doing music or whatever it was. I had kind of had that feeling a little bit with uh, Apollo from Trivium just because that was a band like when I was stealing shirts from Hot Topic when I was 20 years old, you know, they were playing and now they're like a, a to he was like such a polished, completely uh, like completely well-practiced like media media member like was able like it was just so easy to talk to him he was ready with stuff to talk about and uh you know the same with with uh riley was i was thinking you know he was he was about my age and you know he started doing you know i started when i was i started doing podcasting in my 20s but you know i i didn't come to it as easy as like musicians do but yeah that once you put in 10 or 15 years like the people that weren't serious about it or, or don't can't do it kind of fall to the wayside and the ones that are left like are the legends those are the ones that like to, that you know really have it going on yeah like uh just to write he, he recommended mammoth grinder that's that's probably my favorite one out of all the texas metal bands and they they did like a fusion of like entombed and discharge and it just fucking nice. rocks. Like I, I loved it. And I remember being in, in venues watching them play with like fifteen people and then to see him like getting power trip and and really make it was was really cool. Yeah. And uh 
there's there's some other ones in Texas too. Like, uh, have you guys listened to Insect Warfare? No, I don't think I know them. I've yeah, not. they're from Houston. All <clears throat> I've not listened to a lot. Houston, all, they're from Houston. A lot of people feel like they're the best grind band since like uh, Napalm Death. They they rocked, and it was you know we, we're we're out here in Texas, and a lot of people's politics are terrible, but they're a lot of these really cool bands that played like like Iron Age, Mammoth Grinder, Power Trip. Was, oh man. It's great stuff. A uh, Mammoth Grinder has people from Darkest Hour in it who I listen to constantly. So I will definitely have to yeah. check it out. Nice. But uh w- one last thing I I uh I think like one of the most street fight death metal bands I've ever listened to. Have you have you guys heard of Astuck? Astuck? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's 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 a stupid name, but no. it's A S S U C K. Nope. And they they put the little ellipse over the U. Cool. You can definitely tell it was like a it was like a joke name at first, but uh, they're like a death metal band that's just about like like anarcho communism. Okay. So they have two records. One of them's called uh, Anti Capital, and the other one's called Misery Index, and it's just. It's just Florida death metal about communism. So I think a I lot of street that. fighters would really would love them. And they're, they're like one of those bands. Uh, they, they do like 15 minute vinyls that just rip your shit. I mean, it, it rocks. So cool. Yeah, I, 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 I love think, the Florida think, stuff. So anyways, it's been an honor to kick off the post-election uh, podcast with you guys as the first caller thanks for for talking to me guys thanks yeah, for calling appreciate it have a good have night a good well you got yeah you guys take care peace welcome to the jungle we're taking calls on we're, air we're taking calls today we yeah, got but, everything you want calls and calls and calls if you want to watch hey. us see, if you want to watch us watch behind the music, Guns and Roses, that's also on Patreon. That's yeah. It. Thanks for calling to Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, Doctor Wife in Atlanta. What's hey, up, Doctor Wife? How you doing? I heard you for a while. Yeah, man, it's been a minute. Um, actually, well, last time I, ch- I don't know, oh, I chat with you once after the show down here, but um. Good memories. Brian is getting nostalgic this week, posting some photos and all, and it was good memories that night. We sang them fascists going to lose. Yeah, yeah, um, I, that was a good time. I remember that album. I miss it. I miss it so yeah. much. Being sweaty up close to people. Yeah. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah, a lot of a lot of good times. But um, yeah, um, I don't know. I I I was actually very much feeling your vegan thoughts at the top of the program. So I'd love to dive into that. Go for it. So, yeah. What's it called? Um, I'm, I'm a mostly vegetarian, but I'll just like indulge. Like we had a steak night tonight, but we do it like once a month. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, and when I was like, when I was 19, um, when I was, uh, I'm from Jersey originally in the suburbs of New York and I was living in the city and working at this co-op, um, down around the corner from where CBGB's used to be. And so it was like all these old hippies. Um, and 
Um, I remember my friend I worked with there was like, oh, there's this like, it, it's like, it's this chain restaurant. I forgot what it was called. It was like Red, I think it was Red Bamboo, like a chain vegan restaurant or uh, vegetarian. And he was like, people really say the meat, the fake meat here or whatever, like the imitation meat's really incredible and tasty and stuff. And I was like, all right, like this sounds like cool and I'll check it out. And then I tried, like, I don't even remember what I got. I remember it was like, I was like, this just kind of tastes like chicken McNuggets. And like, then I remember I tried my friends and it was like a totally different meat, like a steak or something. I was like, this shit just tastes like chicken McNuggets. And then yeah. I was just like, I, yeah, and I was just like, I don't know, maybe like there's an iron deficiency going on, but I'm not feeling like this is like the highest uh, quality cuisine. And then I was buying in terms of like, yeah, it's just also just like, I don't, I don't get the, the fake meat thing. I mean, I tried a Beyond Burger type thing and it was really, really tasty, but it, it's weird to me. It's just weird. It's like, I like to lean in on the, the veggie aspect of it and just kind of own the fact that it's not meat. You know what I mean? Yeah. I, I, I think the best vegan food I've had is stuff that was made without any regard for trying to appease my craving for meat. You know, like a lot of the best stuff I've had has been has been stuff that wasn't fake meat it, and a lot of it does is like chicken nuggets but uh uh i mean i think it's good because i think people people it is like for somebody like my wife who went vegetarian i think it's really nice mm-hmm. i think it is really nice that she like can still go back to things that she had when she was young because like people do uh what what's uh, how do i say this like people do build like these these connections in their brain brett talks a lot about how he wants to eat a beef and cheddar really bad and he's he's basically vegan he doesn't even he doesn't need a lot of cheese either but like if they can make brett a beef and cheddar that would be great that would make me feel good you know and uh uh but yeah, yeah a lot of it uh i, I think my weird uh, like my weird hang-ups about it like i i see those as like my weird hang-ups you know like i don't see those as a a, mm-hmm. a problem with with the cuisine or or with people's with people's taste i definitely see it as a problem with my i see it as a problem with my like I, I I I see my 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 not being a vegetarian. I see that as a lack of self control. That is exactly what I see it as, because it's something I would like to be. You know, I would like to be vegetarian. I have a total lack of self control. I mean, it's not like you're saying. It's um, yeah, and I'm with you. I'm not like shitting on people that like you know, it's like, and I eat plenty of like veggie burgers or whatever and shit it's like yeah it's like um whatever works right but um the impossible stuff yeah, kicks stuff, ass I mean, the impossible it's stuff incredible. yeah it, i was it's so was close really blown away yeah it's getting so mm-hmm. i think what's happening is it's getting so close mm-hmm. to where mm-hmm. it would be i mean it's it already is irresponsible to eat meat right like environmentally and stuff but it's getting yeah yeah red meat for sure it's becoming a thing where they're getting so close to the point where like you can go away it's getting so close to a point where you cannot eat meat and have like all of the stuff Mm -hmm. you ever liked 
You know, it's like we're getting, we're gonna get to the point where you can choose to be vegetarian, where people like me who have zero self control can choose to be vegetarian. <laughs> we're like getting to yeah. that point. Well, yeah. For, well, first of all, Brian, I'm gonna I'm gonna do some um, self compassion here and say I feel like you're you're judging yourself too harshly, man. I don't know self control thing. You can't. You know, we we have certain you know habits and tastes, and we're we're only human, so we can't be perfect. Um, but that said, what's it called? A hundred percent. Like there's like lab grown meat and stuff, and they're already making bug protein. I mean. Real talk, like my outlook on even the next 10 years in terms of what food is going to be available to us, given these horrifying climate change reports that see coming out. Let me, I just feel like we're all just going to have to become extremely flexible with what we eat. I agree. I agree. Um, I don't think uh, the grocery store is so weird now. And like Mm -hmm. it does, never in my life has there ever been a time where the grocery store was out of so much stuff (laughs) because they're always trying to give you the impression of abundance that's the whole goal of the grocery store and then you fucking go in there and like now there's whole sections Uh of shelf that are empty and you're like what's going on here like (laughs) you know oh there's there's no ice cream this week there's a aluminum can shortage this week you know yeah, dude. Oh, I, well, as one who works at a grocery store, a hundred percent, um, you know, it's, I mean, all, whatever, it's like COVID stuff, um, also, but, um, environmental stuff like this, I've noticed this, you know, I've been working, I've been in the industry for almost 10 years and what's it called? And I definitely noticed more just like, yeah, they didn't have an almond crop this year. And it's like, oh, <laughs> yeah, that seems extreme, you know, so whatever. I feel like we're going that way anyway, but, um, um, but that said, it's like, yeah, all this like lab and the impossible burgers, whatever. They're like, um, incredible. I will say this. Um, the one time I was truly, um, besides like, I guess the impossible burger or, or one of whatever, or the, I know there are two that are very similar sounding. Yeah. It's but, beyond um, an impossible. Beyond, yeah. Cause one of them, I'm, I'm allergic to peas and they kept, like, I have to go to the hospital. So I have to be really careful. One of them peas, but, um, what's the cause? Um, Oh, I, it was this place, this restaurant in New York. It was like super high minded, super fan, not that fancy, just like expensive. Um, it's called dirt candy. And it was just such a like, you know, like just such a hip name. Right. Um, but the chef was like super cool. Um, she, it was very intimate. You can't come out and say hi to everybody, but it was like this like molecular gastronomy. Like she made, um, it was all, it might've been vegan. And she made meat dishes that were like, I mean, truly like meat and vice versa. Things that were like sweet that came from savory things. Like I remember I had a, um, it was like a, um, a cotton candy or something for uh, as a dessert. And it was from like cauliflower or something. Yeah. I mean, and it's I'm, incredible. I, I, if like, I, that that's, was just, but that was just impressive on a technical level. Right. Too, that was yeah. like, I'm not like, I, I'm a, that was just like that was just like it was like a party trick it was like super cool that was like this like the hunk of meat that was from um you know i don't know celery i was just like wow incredible but other than that "Mm." a hunk of watermelon that becomes a tuna steak yeah i'm so into yeah yeah it's it's just like magic right (laughs) i really wish we had 
that molecular gastronomy stuff in Columbus, Ohio, <laughs> because like you got to be in New York or LA to have that stuff. Mm-hmm. And I would love, I, oh, yeah. I was Googling tasters menu, chef's table tasters menus in Columbus. Oh, and yeah. there aren't, oh, yeah. there was one and then it closed. It was a Japanese restaurant uh-huh. that closed and of course, right now they're not, but I was Googling them recently and there's just that kind of thing doesn't really happen here. And I wish I could just like, I, I've been having like conversation. I mean, I was having this conversation with, with my wife about our daughter and like, I'm a, I guess you could, you could say I'm a picky eater, I guess. But uh, mm. if it's prepared mm. by somebody I think is competent, I'm willing to try pretty much anything. And I'm trying to impress that mm. upon my daughter that, like, somebody who's like a chef, a professional who puts a thing together, who, or, or a really good cook who puts a thing together and they put something on it that you don't like, you should give it a shot because you could end up. Like they could use it in a way that you understand. And I've had that happen in my life. Like I hate mayo, but one of my favorite sandwiches ever was this chicken sandwich. I have fucking garlic mayo on it. You know what I mean? And I don't like mayonnaise on anything else. Like there's nothing else I'll eat, but I would eat that all the time. And like, uh, uh, it's really one of those things where it's like I'm all I'm open to like experiences with people who can cook. You know, my sister's a chef and uh, never cooks for us, but uh, uh, I'm I'm open to those <laughs> types of experiences to try new different things. And uh, 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 the vegetarian stuff, I, I mean, people are doing amazing stuff with vegetables. Yeah, that's yeah. It's just like that's there's stuff that's just impressive, but I think you, yeah. And I think, and I should probably uh, get off the phone so other folks can get in here, but I will say this. I think you touched on something really cool and important. That's like about the flexibility with food. It's like, yeah, it'd be mostly vegetarian or mostly blah, blah, blah. But it's like well, a point. My friend, when I first was vegetarian, the friend that worked with me at that co-op made, um, cause he wasn't, it was like the human experiences you miss out on. If you're really too rigid about this stuff is like, you know, going to someone's place. I mean, for instance, like I have a, I made for myself kind of a rule, like a weird meat rule. If I'm at a place, especially if I'm not in the country, which is not like that often, not to say I'm not like a jet setter or some shit, but like if I see a new or some kind of cuisine, I don't know. If I see a meat that's super weird and like not completely offensive, the idea of it, I'm like, I, I may, I have to, I have to do it. I have to try it. I have to push myself. It's like, why, you know, Brett yeah, can't do that. Yeah, it's so funny. Brett can't do that. We were in New York and he went to Popeye's yeah. and got beans and rice mm-hmm. and it fucked him up the whole day. <laughs> yeah, they put a lot of oh, lard. No. They put a lard in their beans. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean... I guess there's also a practical thing. Yeah, I mean, I hate picky eaters, but I also understand that I, I choose not to eat a big food group for a lot of people. It's just that I would never say that meat tastes bad. I would just say it's not something I am interested in eating. Yeah. I hate when people say like raisins and olives and nuts and all kinds of shit taste bad or are bad. It bugs me. Like you're totally right. Yeah. I mean, I say it because I think it's just a thing that people say. Yeah. They don't 
I don't like that translates to it's bad. You yeah. Know? Yeah. People don't really understand. But uh well thanks for calling in. It was it was fun. I'm I'm looking at this yeah. dirt candy food and it looks amazing. Oh, they're still around. I was yeah, I I was gonna say this was a long time ago. Um yeah, and her cook I even got a cookbook because it was just a comic. She made a comic book cookbook, which was like I was like, All right, I'll bite. Like this is fun. Yeah, anyway, the food looks incredible. Uh, nice talking with you, fellow. Yeah. yeah, it's cool. Thanks for calling. Uh, nice talking with you, fellas. Yeah, have a good night. Have Peace. a good night. Man, this dirt candy place looks pretty incredible, dude. They make like some really weird shit. Okay, I love really broccoli weird. hot dogs. Okay, <laughs> that doesn't make sense. It's vegan, but you're now. It's like if I said, "Am I made of animals?" The answer is no, right? Because hot dogs can be made of broccoli now. I mean. It's so weird because, you know, we, like I said, I'll circle back. I think hot dogs are made out of whatever looks like a hot dog. Right. You know what I'm saying? It's the same thing with milk. Whatever looks like milk is milk. I'm not a rigid, I don't have like these really like right. heavy rules about Something what is has what. To suffer. You know? Yeah. 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 I, I you know, I, I, I did switch to oat milk, which I think I like more than milk milk. I don't drink it plain because yeah, adults that drink does. milk are the. It's just the weirdest thing you can do. Yeah, the absolute. Not I can't think of a single weirder thing to do other than sleep in a shirt and no pants. That's the two. Drinking milk as an adult and sleeping in a shirt with no pants is just like oh okay. Yeah, but the top body come top of the body comes out of the covers. So why wear a shirt? Because that part gets that part is exposed to the outside. It's just it I put the arms out, so I need to. Have you some. wear you wear just a shirt to bed, like it's and a underwear. nightgown. No, I'm talking about just a shirt. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! I'm talking about Porky Piggin. No, that's like no, no. Yeah, that's what I'm man. saying. Drinking milk as an adult and that, like people yeah. that just don't and, grow out of this, never grow out of it. And the truth is, people that drink milk as an adult, they know they're weird. I go, you know what I mean? People that we have a buddy every night comes home, drinks a big glass of milk. He might not do it now because his wife went super vegan. We do have a friend that drinks a big glass of milk well, every night. Maybe when he has spaghetti and he has a glass of milk and a slice of white bread with it, you know, to really yeah. fill up. Yeah, but I think maybe he's changed because I've made known that it's like... Not acceptable. Ah, this is... I mean, who are you? Wally and the Beave? <laughs> yeah. For other people, that's a TV show that... It was too old for my dad to watch. Yeah. So. <laughs> I usually go to uh, indoor soccer games and find the biggest guy. I'm like, can I buy that shirt off of you for a nightgown? Yeah. <laughs> nightgown shirt. The big t-shirt. The my big wife nightgown. used to sleep in the big t-shirt when we first got together. Yeah. You know, Give me a Tweety like Bird. A uh, it, it was a goofy one. A yes, long, a goofy big, long, goofy shirt. T-shirt. Yeah, yep. yeah. That's all I need. Very fun. Cover the pits and bits. I'm good for bed. Yeah. We're going to bed here. Let's see who's Watch on the phone. What you getting mad at me now for saying that? I lost the chat. There it is. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, it's Jeff from Try This at Home. What's up? How you doing? Am I coming through? You're coming yeah. hey, right doing through. Right. Excellent. I'm so stoked to be on your show finally. Um, so I don't know 
who was like who looks at the Instagram messages or whatever, but I messaged earlier about kind of a cool topic that I want to share with everybody. Oh yeah, that's me. Sorry, I didn't check the Instagram. Brett Payne. I haven't been on Instagram no in two weeks. Okay. No, um, so I'm kind of a nerd and I'm kind of like I don't want to say a prepper, but like I have some some a runaway imagination, some of this doom and gloom stuff. So a while back I decided that I was gonna get my ham radio license or amateur radio. Um, and I did that recently. Uh, I took the exam and I got myself a radio. And like my reason for doing it was like, first of all, like during like during like the George Floyd protests and stuff like that, like cell phone service sucked and like you would not be able to get in touch with people who were there and like all the cell signals were jammed. Um, also, I used to live on the East Coast, and we had hurricanes, and we would go days without cell phone service or internet, so it's a great way to get in touch with people in an emergency. Um, you can also listen Makes to sense. some, like, um, yeah, you can also listen to some, like, emergency services, but you can't listen to the cops here because their radios are um, encrypted, but there are some cities where you can. Um, I think I can get fire and medic on mine, but I'm not sure. Um, and one of the things that I thought of as I was getting it, and I kind of laughed it off, but it's, it's an, a real thing now is that the right wing prepper community and like the right wing militia people are super into ham radio. Really? And yeah. And um, like, I thought like, if you go on YouTube or Google or whatever, and you look up amateur radio it's a whole lot of like right wing prepper guys who are like the government's going to take your guns and there's not going to be any electricity and you're going to be off the grid and you need a ham radio. So, and I was like, Oh, that's funny, whatever. Well, I got the radio and I've, I've not actually talked on it yet. Like legally I'm able to, I have my license, but mainly I've just been listening and uh, I have heard some like it's crazy stuff and like it's off the wall. More uh, like is it someone doing a show or it's just someone having a conversation yeah. and broadcasting it or? Um, it, it's a it's um for talking communication only. There's no broadcasting on it, so like I couldn't play a radio show on it. But I can communicate to other people with radios. Um, you can communicate with like repeater towers that will like take your signal and broadcast it further away. Um, and. So basically, like, I've just been listening in on people's conversations. And for the most part, they're like old white guys talking about dumb old white guy stuff. But every now and then, and it happens like multiple nights a week, I keep hearing like hardcore right wing guys who are like, we're at war now. Oh, (laughs) yeah, they are. They're they but they believe they've been at war for years now. And and the hope is that they're just going to sit in their garage and mess with their radios. <laughs> but yeah. but are I, I mean, so you're able? Is that like the intention that you're able to listen to people's conversations, or is it sort of a thing where you're flipping through and you happen upon something and you're just like, oh, I'll just check that out? Do they know that they're going out in that way? Um. They should know, but I think they don't realize it sometimes. So a big belief among these people is that 
and it's debunked in a lot of places online. The belief is that if I'm using the internet, I'm being spied on and people can see what I'm doing. And they don't think that that applies to radio, but it does even more so. Right. So in order to transmit, in order to transmit an amateur radio, you need to have a license, which gives you a call sign. And every time you use it and you're speaking on it, you have to identify with your call sign. So number one, like the radio waves are open. Anyone who has a radio can listen to anything. Uh-huh. You're not allowed to transmit anything that's encrypted. Um, and you have to identify with your call sign. So I can like look up somebody's call sign in the FCC database and it tells you like name, address, like the whole thing. So I was able to look out, look up people's names and where they were from. And it's like, Oh, you're from Iowa and you're a white supremacist. That's cool. (laughs) How'd you get into (laughs) it? How, How did you make the decision to get into it? Um, well, like I said, like I have weird, like kind of an overactive imagination, I guess. I wouldn't say that I'm a prepper, but like I have an interest in that, but not from like the usual perspective of I have to build my family a bunker and like buy a pile of guns. Yeah, you're like you're cautious. That, Sounds like you're cautious. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And I realized that like it was a thing that I could do. I knew a couple people who did it. I already do the show, like, I do community radio broadcast stuff, so I was like, oh, this is, like, a logical extension of that. And um, so I studied for the exam, I passed the exam, um, and I got a little radio, which the radios start out really cheap for anybody that's interested. Um, You can get, they're made by a company called Baofeng, they're, like, these little handheld, it's like a walkie-talkie, but it's more, like, you can get different frequencies and bands on it than like from what you'd get from a one-way walkie-talkie um they start at about twenty dollars on amazon i paid a little bit extra and got like an upgrade kit with a better antenna and stuff like that um those radios don't do like all the frequencies available to hams but it does like the ones that most people locally will get on like there are radio units that are like thousands of dollars that like you can contact people like around the world with, and the people who do that are very, very nerdy and intense and it's cool. But for the average person starting out, like if you decided I want to start doing this, where do I start? Go to Amazon, get yourself one of these little handheld radios and you'd be able to listen to people locally here in Ohio and potentially further away. If you hit like the right repeater towers and you can communicate with people for like, you know, so like 60 miles or more. But you said you have to get like, you have to give out your call signal. They can't, you can't just go covert on that. You can't just start broadcasting without any, without saying it's not a listening thing. You can't. It's not a radio show. You run the risk of getting fined. I don't get what it is. What was that? It's like a CB. It's two way radio communication. Yeah. It's like a CB radio. CB, but, more yeah yeah but you can get out further it's like people talk to each other they meet it's kind of like a chat room sort of yeah but you can also yeah, hear it it's, it's going out over the air it's not for shows it's not like an it, it, i mean right, it sounds I mean, very like, entertaining to me to listen to i mean we used to fuck around on a cb radio yeah. 
and it was like really fun yeah. and you would listen to like truckers talk to each other and stuff and this sounds like you probably can pull i mean obviously it's a license you need to have a license to do this and you got to do your call si- call signals but like uh, uh like what you're using it for i'm very interested in i feel like i could just lay on my lay on a uh uh fucking thing lay in a hammock and listen to crazy people talk to each other all night basically basically yeah like (laughs) part of me was excited like oh i'm gonna be able to contact people and it's gonna be like interesting and cool and then i heard my first like white supremacist conversation and i was like oh this this is this is big yeah (laughs) information that people kind of need to know yeah Um, i would keep it i mean you know i would i would do they switch frequencies a lot? Like, are you able to follow specific people? Um, kind of. I don't know yet. I haven't been doing it long enough. Um, there was last night I came across what's called, um, I think it's called a net where basically it's like a bunch of people agree to meet at, at on this frequency at the same time oh. and have like a group conversation. And it was on a, a specific, it was coming off of a specific repeater here in Columbus, which a repeater is like a radio tower that like takes your signal and amplifies it and spreads it further. Uh-huh. Um, so I just kind of hopped down there and I'm like, oh, there's people talking about something. And it was this, this net. And it was like the Saturday night roundtable discussion or whatever they called it. <laughs> and it was very politically oriented. And it was guys who were, pretty intense about like right wing stuff. Yeah. And I was just like, this, this is, these people are trouble. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, obviously, like, I mean, it, like if you have people who are plotting to kidnap the governor of Michigan, like, or let's say that we have protests again here in Columbus and like right wing people show up to cause trouble. Like that's the thing that would be really helpful if you knew it. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. If you're, if, yeah, we need to, if you're interested in, you know, doing the work on this, if someone wants to investigate the people on these channels, yeah. It's probably a good idea. Yeah. I think, I I think it's worth checking out if you're somebody who, who gets in and like you said, you get into like, like weird little areas and like, and and just check them out. It sounds interesting to me. Yeah, ruin them. <laughs> yeah, it does sound interesting to me to listen, even just to listen to them. I mean, obviously, I would want to disseminate that information to people, right? Like, yeah, I would right. want people to know, right. but it also would be just in the moment interesting for me to listen to them in an unguarded moment, you know? Uh, although I have heard a lot of white supremacists talk yeah. in unguarded moments and I don't have to hear that again, but, but you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I, it's just this thing where like, it's interesting to just listen to people talking when they don't think anybody's listening. Right. Right. Well, um, yeah, for the sake of like people coming to cause trouble and hurt people, it's an interesting resource. Yeah, where can people find you so that we can, uh, 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 you know, if if you're posting this stuff or, or getting this stuff out there, let us know where where can we find you? Okay, um, I honestly like I have my like actual broadcast radio show social media pages, which is try this at home, um, 
the website is treaditsathome.wtf. Um, I haven't started talking about the ham stuff recently, but if people are interested, I can get them info and, you know, links to stuff. It was relatively easy to get the license. Right. Well, I studied for about two weeks. And I passed the first time through. So sweet, sweet. Well, thanks for calling yeah. in and uh, check out check out the show. Try this at home. WTF. Yeah. And uh, it's interesting. Yeah. I'm probably going to look into it and lay around and listen to weirdos talk to each other. Yeah. Oh no, I, I was on like it was in the middle of the night. So I was like, well, what are these guys doing talking in the middle of the night? And it was very like, they were open about their intents and their beliefs. And it was, you know, it was scary. Like they were like ready to hurt people of color. Yeah. Uh, like this Absolutely. is not a cool thing. Yeah. yeah. So I feel like anybody in the, like the leftist community who does any kind of like protesting or like if you are worried about fascists in their community like listen they're out there and you can find their information and expose them or be wary of them very easily yeah yeah for sure for sure (laughs) (laughs) red (laughs) red wizard in the chat said back in the day it was just used to be talks about ufos now it's all white lives matters bullshit (laughs) oh is it really yeah yeah Yeah. well i mean the people who do it like quote unquote seriously, like the super nerdy people, like they don't talk like they're just talking about like the radio equipment and trying to like talk to people as far away as they can and it's yeah. like a dumb little hobby for them. And that's cool too. But it's kind of like a hidden communication method that a lot of people aren't aware of. And it's a thing that you know, I if like the it. internet goes down or if you're in a protest where the cell service is jammed, you can communicate to other people in your group with one of these radios. Here we go. And also, you can hear what other people are talking about. Yes, I love it. Great Hell idea. Yeah. Well, thanks, Steph, for calling in. We appreciate it. Steph is on WCRS as well on Monday nights. Uh, if you're in Columbus, Ohio, listen to Try This at Home. Have a great night, Steph. Yeah, thank you. Thanks. Thanks Peace. for calling. Peace. Bye. I want to get ham radio. I mean, I, it's intriguing. It's the same thing as the CB radio. I, 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 I just don't know how they know who you are. You have to identify yourself, but like who lives by those rules, especially if you're going to talk about race war. Why would you say I'm user 851? They don't, they don't think anybody. I That's think true. the point is right. that they don't think anybody's listening. That's true. It's like this small hobby. They probably think only a few. They don't. That's probably a place they feel safe right. from leftists. Good point. Is is and what I assume. Columbus, I mean, Stormfront was headquartered here, so I'm sure there is some sort of infrastructure to help repeat that or do the repeater thing or to help you know spread that kind of bullshit yeah. around. Yeah, because it's just it's the same thing me and you used to say when we first started Street Fight. People would, you know, our buddy Stephen BC would always be like don't do this, it's illegal. And it's like nobody's paying attention to us anyway. It yeah. doesn't fucking matter you know the bigger it gets the more careful you have right. to be but you know if nobody's paying attention you can do whatever fuck you want right all right next call thanks next for all street year. fight who we're talking to tonight wait is that me that's you that's you okay <laughs> hi this is uh virgo a go go virgo underscore uh underscore go go on twitter what's up um i'm calling from Philly. Ooh. Um, I, yeah. Okay. 
I haven't been involved with anything going down in Philly. Um, Congratulations. But <laughs> yeah, um, Philly rock. I'm really we happy to be here. I we, like it there too. It's probably it. the best big city there is. Yeah. No, that's why I moved here. It's like, it, I, I'm from a city. I'm from a similar small city. And then I was like, Philly similar. I've got friends in Philly. Um, yeah. <laughs> so I have sort of a, a question uh, because I just started a job and I kind of want to know if it's a shitty job or if it would only be, it's only shitty because of COVID. Okay. Okay. Um, yeah. So I'm not going to like get too far into it with, cause like I currently work there. Right. Um, but so I'm working with kids is my big issue. I love working with kids, but I think in COVID it's sort of stressful. Um, there it's sort of this like small town just outside of Philly and none of them are very good at wearing their masks. Um, and we're just sort of sitting indoors all day while they're doing virtual learning. Um, and so my job is just sort of like to get them onto their virtual learning. Um, Oh, so yeah, you're so just sitting like in a room a while there. kids are on computers, just like following a, a yep. program, the curriculum. Yeah. Yeah. <sighs> what do you do um, when they're, what do you, what, yeah. It's what do you so do boring. when you're not like getting people online? Like what, what is, cause yeah, here's how my I job, I, I should get, literally I, nothing. this is what I do for my job is I make sure my daughter is signed in online and then yeah. I sit nearby with an ear open in case she starts fooling around. Right. That's what I'm getting at is <laughs> yeah. that's what I'm getting at is like, here's what I think. And it might, uh, who knows what happens when COVID is over with this job, but here's what I would say. Right. Can you just sit on your phone when you're I not? Do. That's the thing. See, yeah. that to me, though, is like. That's a great job. Yeah. Yeah. No, you're maybe. not. I, I mean, I'd have a that, second business. I'd be running a second business on my phone. <laughs> yeah. Not that being okay, on your have, phone. Like, is a great thing. Not, I'm not saying like being right. on your phone is like this great habit or whatever, but it is kind of like better than like, there are a lot of fucking places where if you got the job and you were doing what you did and you had downtime, what you do now, they would want you to stare at the yeah. fucking wall. They don't even want you looking well, at your damn okay. phone or a computer. They would just be like, no, uh, you're on our time. Stare at the fucking wall. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Thankfully it is pretty lax with that. I literally like, it's not Netflix, but I started watching like full videos. I started watching like YouTube videos. I bring my headphones. Yeah. Um, so like in that way, it's a very easy job, but it's like the kids don't listen to me. That kind of yada, yada, yada. How old are I'm they? I'm worried about like it. Oh, they're 12. Like I know, oh, like I've worked with kids before. I know they're going to be shitheads no matter what. They're 12 year olds. Oh. It's just like specifically in terms of like COVID, <laughs> I'm the authority and I'm telling them to put their mask on and so they're gonna fight me on it. So what's what's the regular <laughs> job? I mean, what would you do with outside of COVID? Are you I don't understand. Okay. That's the other part of it is this is not the job I was hired for. Okay. This is like I'm getting paid I'm getting paid what I was supposed to be getting paid for my other job. 
but they sort of just put me in this position at this location because that's where they needed people because of COVID, because they're doing this like virtual learning option for okay. folks who, so for what, like kids whose parents work. Yeah. That but makes there's sense. A, what are you supposed to be doing though? Like what's your original job? Well, they, she don't want to get into that. Oh, it, like it, teacher? But, or? Yeah, I don't know. But post. I haven't been trained for it yet. Right. Post COVID, there is a maybe. job, right? Yeah. Uh, this yeah. sounds. Here's, Which is here's why I'm what like, I, I believe. I don't want to just quit this. Yeah, here's what I believe. Because there's something better down the line. I do understand your fears about. First of all, 12 year olds are monsters. I mean, such people a weird don't age. know. <laughs> yeah. You can't hold them accountable, but they know better. But they're also really? like emotional. They're so, yeah. They're, it's the most emotional they'll time. They'll cry on your ass, but they also will talk to you like they're grown Classic. as fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and oh my God. Yeah. They'll yeah, tell you. They'll tell you fuck you, but they will also cry if you don't give them like peanut butter and carrots or some <laughs> yeah, shit like that. Yeah, like that yeah. 12 years so, old yeah, is worked, tough. Like, this is the age group that I've worked with the most. It's just like, oh, right. Like 12 year olds who have to be in school right now yeah, are just, they're ready to fight. And like, I get it. And I, I try to be nice and I do help them with their homework, which is something and like walk them through it. And like, but it's just oh tough for me yeah. because like when I look at what you're saying right now, the the part where yeah. you say that they're not doing great at wearing their masks, that's the part that gives me pause. That's the part that would make me nervous. But everything else you're yeah, saying, like, this sounds like my yeah. dream job. Where I just go in and I tell a bunch of kids, get on your fucking computer, and then I stare at my phone all day. Like, I, I'm yeah. saying that this is like the kind of job that I would be looking for. If Street Fight went under, the job I would be looking for is the job where I can sit in a chair and look at my phone all day. Yeah. But yeah, I'm worried about oh, my yeah. health. My job is that I can sit and look at my phone all day and I'm watching like YouTube videos and like. Yeah, it's, yeah, the, it's just like, if I was, the yeah, being worried about your health though is kind of tough. And <laughs> I mean, that is the dumb. Yeah, is there you, windows open? Yeah. Right. That's the thing. It's like, okay, so Philly, it's going to get cold. Right now, we've been, I've been sort of reveling the unseasonably warmness of it. Um, we have heaters in the room, but they don't really work. So I'm very worried about having like the windows open and the door open to keep that ventilation because the kids are already talking about it being freezing. And I'm like, I know I'm so sorry. Like, yeah, we just have to do it. Yeah. I, I mean, like, I, hopefully I, the heaters start working soon. Yeah. I would send an email out that just says, uh, go get some sweaters for your kids and get them a nice fucking winter <laughs> hat. Cause these windows are going to be yeah. open and they're going to be very uncomfortable if you don't. Yeah. Yeah. And they like come up, they're like, I'm so cold. I'm like, hun, your sweater's right there. Like, please just put it on. I like, I know it sucks that we have to have the windows open, but there's a pandemic. So what I would say, I mean, it's, I, it's not a dream gig. If, if it feels like you're wasting your time and you, the whole time you're there, you're just like throwing yeah. your hands up, like what's going on. I do. I, like right. if you want to ride it out, that's one thing, but yeah, I, maybe it would be better just to look for something that is interesting or more fulfilling or, you know, because there, like, yeah. I like to, I mean, it's not popular for the show, but like when I've been hired for a job and they have a whole bunch of work for me, can I can just go in there and do the job that those aren't the worst days. 
The worst days are when they're yeah. like, there's nothing to do today, but you're stuck here. So find something to do. Oh, I hate you know? that too. Or, or you know, or yeah. like <laughs> you're supposed to be here 40 hours. So you have to be here. And it's like, my job is, there's no more oh. job to be do to, to do here. But so, yeah. I mean, that's like the frustrating yeah. aspect is like, it like seems when all your kids are gone at the end of the day and you still have to be there until you have to clock out. Yeah, like Friday, yeah. I sat on I sat on my phone and played a game until the battery died on it. But I wouldn't want that to be my job. Like I would be upset if that's <laughs> what I had to do every single day. I only did it because I was miserable. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But to me, I, yeah. The, honestly, it's like the kids and sitting on my phone is like highlight and minor annoyance. I can deal with it. It's more like the COVID stuff and my boss being a dick, but like, that's going to be, my boss is always going to be a dick no matter where I am. That's true. That's true. Well, I mean, you might have my attitude where it's like, uh, (laughs) uh, the boss is just a a dick because he asks you to do stuff. (laughs) Like, that's how I always felt like (laughs) all bosses are dicks. And it's because they ask me to do things. Like, Hey, we have to do this job. Will you do it? And you're like, Oh, fuck you, man. Yeah. Fuck you. Who do you think you are telling me (laughs) shit? Nobody tells me what to do. (laughs) Yeah. It's not even, he's asking me to do stuff. It's the way that he says stuff. He's so passive aggressive. That's really what it is. Is, uh, it's the passive aggression. And I'm like, I don't even know what I'm supposed to be doing. Just tell me what I'm supposed to be doing. Yeah. That yeah. does sound that I hate yeah. that kind of boss where it's like very minimal training. Yeah. Yeah. That does sound tough. It sounds tough. I mean, again, if I was worried about my health, that would definitely be something that would give me, that would give me pause. But also I'm a very yeah. lazy person. So if I had the job <laughs> where I could, kind of be lazy i would always i'm like very much a guy that's like oh i can so what i can look at my phone cool (laughs) i found this really nice nice rut over here i'm just gonna go dig down deep into it that is how i feel feel. like really into like cleaning (laughs) well when i was looking for jobs before cop before so when i was quitting a cable company and I knew, like, I'm getting out of here, and I need to go find a job, right? That, yeah. what I was looking for was something where I could just sit in a chair and, like, not really go out of my way doing stuff, you know? <laughs> like, where somebody would just, yeah. where, like, I always thought, I thought for a period of time, security guard. Where I would just be sitting in a chair until something happened. And then I was like, oh, but something could happen. <laughs> yeah. That's where the issue comes in here. Like, what if something happens? Yeah. Then you got to, yeah. Then you got to actually do something. Then you yeah. got to get up I, out of the chair. I remember like, a friend of mine. I remember. When the kids are actually fighting. Yeah. A friend of <laughs> mine. A, a friend of mine out of college got a security position somewhere. And like immediately the first time, like a maid was accused of stealing, he was like, I don't want to fuck. I don't know what's going on. I don't, I don't think that she's guilty. Yeah. Like he didn't realize that he's going to be, he's the fucking judge now and has to put charge. Right. Now he has to do something. <laughs> yeah. That is the worst. Yeah, That's no. got to be the worst. <laughs> That's what I thought I would be. The authority figure. Yeah, 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 you're in. You're the final say here. Because I was thinking, what I say is like, I'm thinking, 
I'm thinking security guard, but my picture of security guard is sitting in a room with a bunch of TVs or that just, are all yeah. on different rooms. Like Homer Simpson, how he sits in that. That's <laughs> yeah. Homer yeah. Simpson job. That's what it was to me. It's, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, there'll be snacks there. Yep. And like, I can just kind of, oh no, you know, somebody broke in. I guess I got to call the police or something. But yeah, you're right. It's like, you're also like trying to catch employees <laughs> stealing. And it's like, nah, I think uh, I don't give them a to. fuck. I yeah, don't care I don't if they stole something. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's the same thing. I think. You know, like for you, it's like, you know, this is like kind of the the kind of job where I want to relax. I I could I could relax. I don't really have to do anything. But like it's the health thing and the winter is just going to be tough. I I think I've come over to the Brett side and said, first of all, again, if you think it's relatively safe in there. Or, or they're wearing their masks and stuff like that. <laughs> right. I think that what I would say is like, stay. But I do also understand. I understand like uh, uh, wanting to get out of there. And it does sound like a, a yeah. good move. I know. I was telling my sister and she was like, just run away to your friends who live in the mountains. Just run away to their house. And I was like, honestly, it looks appealing to do that, but I'm not, I can't do that. But yeah, <laughs> like just quit and run away. Yeah. Just but, see if you can find a place I mean, with better protocols like, or different situations. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Hopefully I get transferred somewhere better is all I'm thinking maybe before winter. That's yeah, why I, I like emailed them today being like, Am I getting transferred anytime soon? Yeah, okay. That sounds good. Because I say yeah. hope, hoping doesn't actually work. Hoping just kind of stays inside your brain right. and just makes the wound hoping faster. Emailing. <laughs> the emailing yeah. is the one that really gets the job done. <laughs> yeah, that's why I like I left I let it sit for a little bit. Like I got hired, I don't know, under two months ago. Mm. And they're like, Well, don't worry about this like actual job that you're supposed to be doing. We're just gonna put you here for now but they didn't like give me an end date for that. And so I was like, I'm just gonna like get into a routine. And now it's been two months and I'm like, so circling back. Yeah. Right. right. When is, yeah. when do we kick yeah. it off? When do I actually start doing fucking work? <laughs> when do I <laughs> like, <laughs> literally? Yeah. Yeah. Cause that's the other thing is like, I'm surrounded by Trump supporters and the kids, in their like not understand like just parroting what their parents say kind of way yeah are also trump supporters and i'm just like oof uh, Ooh, uh, i have I no patience for trump supporter children yeah you got no patience for that oh god yeah you just want to like, be like you, you don't, don't know what the fuck what <laughs> yeah <laughs> you don't fucking know shit you don't know fucking anything you're I talking about sit down <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, sit yeah. down. Say, kid, you sit down. Get back on your virtual learning center. Yeah, I'm not gonna oh, put up with that. this shit. <laughs> oh, I hate it when kids think they That's know about stuff. That's literally how I was dress- addressing it this week. They were like, "Oh my god, creepy Biden has like blah blah blah." I was like, "You're in class. Just X out and go to class." <laughs> yeah, do something else. Yeah, don't talk to me about the politics, okay? Well, yeah, I, yeah. I, I think I've given you a very confusing answer, but uh, <laughs> final thoughts. I think it's smart. I, I, I think it's smart to like try to figure out what's going to happen after COVID, and if you feel yeah. like you can tough it, 
I don't like to say tough it out because it's not that you're not tough. Uh, uh, yeah. It, it, I think that, I think that like, if it's going to be a job you want, then I would stick around. But if it's not going to be a job that, that like in the end, you're going to risk yourself for a job you don't end up wanting, that's tough. And I, I wouldn't do that. Yeah, I mean it's the it's the time of pivots, folks. It's time to just yeah. move move that weight in a d- different direction uh, if you have to, and if you're if you have the time. Uh, I mean, I'm always the you uh, being broke, being a working class person is so precarious, and you're always living from crisis to crisis. It feels like, but it is really those moments of calm as as much as you want to just rest. Like these are the times to really try to 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 figure out what the the next plan you know what the next couple years look like and uh to to kind of get a situation that's better than what you're currently in. Yeah, yeah. Right. No, on. that is helpful. <laughs> I mean, it, okay. is, it is helpful to think about that way. Sweet. Well, thank you for calling in. I'm glad we could help. Yeah. Thanks, y'all. Have what a good it? night, Vir- Virgo. A go go. Virgo, Virgo a go-go. Virgo, a go-go. All right. I love the name. Have a good night. Thanks. Peace. Yeah, the sitting down job. I mean, again, there, there's a lot of people who- They're a who, curse, man. I, I had a job where I read 1984. I just read, I had it pulled up as a PDF and I just sat for one whole week and I read the book straight through at work and didn't do anything. And I got a paycheck and like never got in trouble. You and know? you're you're just like I don't want to do anything. Like I don't want to like leave this. Job. Why would I fuck this? Why yeah? Why would I stop? Why would I stop this? Why would I object to reading a book on the clock? Like I made my bones on Twitter on the clock. Right? That's true. Yeah, yeah. Because there was nothing. I had I had five minutes of work to do every single day. That I was stuck chained there for eight hours a day. Yeah, you feel like. You do. You're right. The an rut. hour, two hours, probably two hours. I put in two hours of hard work that paid for my labor and made them a whole lot more money. And then I was just stuck there waiting to get released. And you're right when you say you're signing into a rut. And like, uh, yeah, just taking the wheel and just digging right into it. Just steer into the rut. Like, just get in there. You can let go. It's just going to take you wherever it goes. Like you're on a ride now. You're in the rut. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's get uh Thanks for calling Street Fight. If you heard the beep, we're talking to you. Oh, that's me. Hello. How are you guys? Great. How are you? Hi, I'm good. Uh this is Danny, the bicycle messenger from Brooklyn, New York. Wow. What's up? You should try this restaurant Dirt Candy I just learned about. Pretty hip. I have heard of it. I've mm. seen it on advertisements for the delivery app Caviar that I used to work for, and I had no idea what it was. But it does sound exactly like a New York restaurant. Sounds good. I'm going to tell you. So what's going on tonight? Uh, not much. I just got done delivering. Uh, I do. I'm really glad that person or wait was you guys. Who brought, I, I mean, I have my short term memory so terrible, but like about reading on the job. Um, I, oh. I think in 2013, uh, when I worked at a bookstore, uh, the Portland state bookstore in Portland, Oregon, I read at least four game of Thrones novels. Wow. Like on the job. Yeah. That's incredible. Um, 
Well, the problem was is that my job was like a morning to sort of like mid afternoon job, and the you know at a college bookstore, there's really only three periods of the year where it's busy, and that is at the beginnings of each trimester or semester in this case. So those rush weeks would be incredibly busy, but then the rest of the time, it was like we were mostly selling like pencils and, you know, shit like that. So the first three hours of every day, I would just sit there in a like semi, you know, awake daze and just read. And it was tight because I worked on... I worked on the second floor and the only, there were two ways to access the second floor of our bookstore. It was by this big staircase that reverberated. Uh, so you could always tell somebody was uh, <laughs> yes. up. And there was an elevator that went up there. But the best part about the elevator was that right before the door opened, uh, you get a, like a basically a two second beep warning. So the elevator would hit that floor, go beep, and that would give you exactly three to four seconds to put the book down and look busy. Just drop uh, it. And it was it rocked. Yeah, yeah that is wonderful. Every- Jesus. And that is like, I don't know, there is, there's like, you want to be challenged, right? You want to go in sometimes, and you, like you feel like you want to, you're doing something, but then there's like, you're making money and you're just reading books all day. Like how can, how, like what's better than that? What is, what was your go-to move to look busy? Like what, what was your, uh, literally, literally just standing and like, maybe put my hands behind the back. You maybe. Stand up. <laughs> parade I love rest. It. You do parade rest to show you're ready. Yeah. I, yeah. I look like uh, I look like a, uh, like a beef eater, uh, in, uh, in front of Buckingham palace, just like sitting there. <laughs> Or standing there. Uh, but it was sort of this understood thing that, like, everybody kind of knew that before our bookstore got taken over by a conglomerate that, like, you could you could realistically re- remove, like, half of the jobs there. Like, my manager was this guy, uh, ironically enough, named Brian. And uh, he sucked. Like, he was really bad, but he was also super lazy. Like, he would go on these runs, essentially, with his van where he would supposedly like quote unquote stock up on supplies for the store. And he'd be gone for like five hours. Great. He would do these Costco, these Costco runs apparently. So fun. When they're not in a building, dude, when they're not in a building, I had, I remember this was somebody, this was the administrative assistant to the owner of my company. But one time, like we had a good working relationship. She was like, Brett, let me take you out to lunch. And we were gone for two hours. (laughs) <laughs> and I, I was like sweating. And then she was like, no, 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 no. They're very used to this. This is just the the way it works. This is our, you know, how, how things get done. Yeah, those, those, those guys, it was funny when we got bought out by a bigger called uh, textbook conglomerate because these people were just sort of like, oh, fuck no. <laughs> You're going to do work like the rest of the yeah. employees. Uh, and that was really funny. And, but I always like hyper, I just hyper fixated on the weird things. Like for whatever reason, like he had, um, he had a really gross thumb. Like he had the, he had a thing where his, like the, the fungus uh, had gotten into one of his thumbs. So like his left thumb was fine, but the nail on the right one was like weird. Like he had been in a locker room okay. a lot or something like that. 
And I, every time I saw him, I was just sort of like, Brian, you got to fix that, man. It's gross. Like, I, like in my head. Like, I would never say it out loud. But, and then, it, yeah, so it was, that was that job. It was just a bunch of that. But, um, but actually, I mean, like, in New York, it's been, um, uh, it's been really weird. Like, yeah, the libs are, are really, like, hog wild. They did it. They, we just won World yeah. War II. Donald Trump was Adolf Hitler. He was the leader of the Nazis. We just did World War II, too. Like, we just won. So we did win. It's really, it's really strange. It's really strange. I, and um, I mean, I have, I have mixed feelings about it because like, obviously I think anybody with, you know, any kind of lo- logic and reasoning is going to be like, Oh yeah, Donald Trump is a, a massively incompetent um, person and should have never been allowed to like actually some power. But like, I don't know, like the entire day that was yesterday, I was kind of just sort of like, yeah, I, I think, I think, Logically, if you really want to play it out to its extreme, you just go, okay, yay. And that's it. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's, that's it. That's, that's the extent of my celebration is just, oh boy. That's all like, I like almost. Yeah. I, I, sorry. Go ahead. No, no, no. That's re- That's really, that's really just it. It's just being like, all right, he's gone. That's it. I agree. I had the same thing. Like I was, I didn't even, I didn't pay attention to most of this, but as soon as the election happened, CNN was on in our house the whole time. And I just kept looking and I'm like, just say, just say 270, just say it so we can go to the next thing. God damn it. Just say 270. I want this to be fucking over with. And then you're right. It's just like, yay, yay. The thing, yay, it happened. <laughs> yay. That's it. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I don't think, I don't feel like I said, I, don't, I, have, I feel no affinity for Donald Trump. I, I think he's largely, you know, incompetent. He's also very funny to watch. You know, he's, he does weird, gaudy, you know, out of place things that don't make sense in the 21st century. But like, uh, I've just been seeing some of the pictures of him that people are like taking candidly of him, like in a car and, um, it's very interesting because I, I just did a really big um, project essentially on my own podcast where I talked about uh, Robert Moses, who was this guy who was basically in charge of uh, New York's infrastructure during the 20th century. Like he's the guy who basically made the Brooklyn Queens expressway and like um, a large swath of all of the highways in New York. And he was uh, incredibly corrupt and it's a really long story. It, it's like a fucking the thousand page book to go through yeah but the the point was that like he was kind of in power for like 30 odd years was basically untouchable uh was in charge of like five different mayors five different presidents over the course of his reign and um by the time that he actually fell out of power which was like in the 1960s um it was weird because he was like this guy without a home essentially you you know like he's the guy where even though it was cruel and terrible and um, really despicable as a historical figure, after all that power was gone, it was one of those things where you look at it and there's like actual written testimony of him just kind of being listless and weird. And I don't know if I feel that about Donald Trump, but I, I definitely look at it and I just go like, damn, like, A, I still want this guy to be dead. He sucks. It would be cool if he was dead. Yeah. But also, he, he is um he's a really pitiable character. 
Like, I mean, he's, he's really is like the, now that he's kind of kicked out, you know, for the time being, I don't think there's going to be any actual court things that are going to meaningfully change anything. I mean, he really is just like a doofus wearing a hat that is really too big for his head. Like, That's true. Like, you know, that hat the, is fucked. All, yeah, it's too big. The The typeface on it makes no sense. And he he's just really weird. He's, gro- he's a grotesque, golem-like figure. And um, I guess the extent that you can feel bad for a person, I almost feel bad for him. And uh, I really, I just, I don't know, man. I have a lot of, I have just like, a ton of contempt for the libs right now because um, it really just feels like they are, I don't know. I don't really just, I feel, I sort of feel the opposite. Here's what I feel about Donald Trump, him whining and crying about this thing and carrying on is uh, humiliating himself for us. Almost like a wrestling storyline where the heel finally gets his and i think he does deserve to be humiliated and that like watching him watching him carry on is very weirdly satisfying to me yeah i want i would say that for me it's a big it's a payoff but it's in a way it's like a wrestling payoff and that like i think that uh the coverage that we've done of donald trump seems like we're laughing along with him or we think it's funny uh, but I think what you can't really get along in the nuance of the tone is that, like, you just know the demise that's coming. That's what's funny because, like, you know, Brian and I, uh, like, uh, for laughs, we'll play board games with our family and we will talk shit and we'll say we're the best that's ever played this game and we'll say that we're never going to lose. And ultimately, with four of us playing, there's a 75% chance that we're going to fucking lose at this game. So when it happens, it's yeah. it's it's a natural course of things. Like, he talks so much shit, like, you knew he was going to have to pay for this. And this is perfect. This is like, this is reminds me of what happens when you are that fucking arrogant and stupid. Yeah, there's something about watching him carry on and be humiliated that... It, I, it's gotten me. I, I don't. I, I. 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 I'm watching it, and I'm glad that he's going through this. And you know, my hope is that he feels really bad. You know, that's that is definitely my hope. So, <laughs> I. 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 Yeah, I, th- I think he looks very pathetic, though. I think you are right. I like th- that he looks super pathetic right now, which I really like. Yeah, no, he, I, I think you, um, I think despite his life being a testament to a series of fraud and financial malfeasance and what have you, I mean, uh, you know, it, it's well documented that when Trump Tower was being built in the 1970s, he basically uh, threatened Polish workers who were working on his tower that, you know, he'd send them over to immigration if they didn't take a discounted wage, you know, he went bankrupt you know in the 90s and i think maybe the 80s and stuff you know and it was all these things where everybody kind of knew like yeah this guy sucks every he sucks and then every time it happened to him he'd be like no i don't suck. i don't suck you know i don't suck actually and he couldn't really hold on to it but yeah him actually losing the presidency it is the finality of it you know, for better or worse, the American presidency holds a, a pageantry to it that 
if you are a one-term president, it's, you know, it truly haunts you. I mean, Jimmy yeah. Carter has been atoning for it since yeah. 1978. That's the <laughs> other thing. So, it's like Trump does... I think the last thing Trump wants to be is a loser, and he's a loser. He didn't win his second term and get to go out on his term. And he also he went out losing. He you had it, though. Else? He had it. Like, he, everything was set for him to make it. COVID was the only thing that fucked it up. We saw the votes. He would have had it. If Do you he- know what else they said in that article that made it feel... That article I was talking about at the beginning of the show on CNN, this this piece that was talking about the behind the scenes shit, is that anytime Joe Biden was on TV, Trump would be like, "Imagine losing to this fucking guy." Oh, like no. he fucking thought it was in the bag. Like he would, he looked at Joe Biden as a fucking loser too, and he is. But he looked at Joe Biden as a fucking loser that you can't, you don't want right. to lose to a loser, and it. There's just something about it that fucking I am not excited for a Joe Biden presidency, but I feel good knowing that this horrible piece of shit feels bad. You know, I I mean, he's going to get to go on and live a fucking rich guy life forever. But something Tom Tom Sexton said on Holy Boys that like Donald Trump knows what cool is. And he knows what being a winner is. And he also knows that he is neither one of those things now. Like he, he, he's not going to have celebrity friends anymore. He's, he's stuck. He, he went for the lowest common denominator and that's who he has. Yeah. He has the lowest common denominator. He's right. got to hang out with, I, I think I said this on the show, he's got to like pretend that Scott Bayo is an A-list star yeah. now. And before he was hanging out with fucking Jay-Z and shit like that. Yeah, he that. has to wash off the orange makeup and be like, Corey Feldman, god damn it, what, what's going on, man? <laughs> yeah, yeah. He, oh, we got everybody from the A-list here. We got Kevin Sorbo. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> And, and yeah, the- he, it, yeah it, it, it's it's fun i mean like it, yeah don't get me wrong it definitely when when he does those things and just embarrasses himself it's just like oh yeah it, it is this constant it, reminder where it's like yeah this guy this guy fucking sucks but yeah. <laughs> and he had just, real power he here's the thing he he was a guy that he when we talk about going after people in power he had the ultimate real power and what he chose to do with it was actively fucking evil and you get the impression that he knew what he was doing was evil and that he just kept doing it because when you talk to the people that support him all the stuff he did was ugly as fuck and they admitted it and they said he's just a guy that'll do it you know yeah and it's like but Go ahead. I think he. I think the one thing that will rehab him, if he goes on Dancing with the Stars, he's back in. No, nope. all the way back in. Yeah, it would be oh. incredible for the American Republic. I think for an ex president to be on like Dancing with the Stars. But here's the fucking thing. He's he's the first. He's he does things. For the first, I mean, even just setter. the idea that like he could run in 2024 now, too, is just to me. We're in fucking uncharted territory. Who fucking knows with this guy? And I'm here to tell you, he has a chance of winning if he runs in 2024. Like, there's just... He he just... By the time Biden's done with us. It feels like we're going to be 
contending with like i was i I said this in a chat earlier today and maybe this is a little bleak but we're gonna have to deal with the trump family for the rest of our lives like the bush family and the clinton family now the trump families yeah they're in unless they get drummed out of of that status but uh yeah the trump family will be around we are gonna have to probably see a donald trump jr uh presidential election or s- senatorial race or something like that so God damn. yeah it's uh it, it's gonna be a weird one uh for sure uh final thoughts i just wanted to put out there um uh the uh the wind sucks all right i hate wind too ooh, i'm with tell. you Ooh, ooh. let me let nobody tell you that the wind is good as a cyclist as a person who lives in new york the wind my god I've never hated anything I, I like hate, I hate wind. I hate the wind too. When you're on a bike, it's the, the worst. It there was the wind was so bad one time we were going downhill and getting pushed back up it, and it made me so mad. Yeah, because like it. when you're on a bike, the it, one the even, one break you get is a hill. Yeah, you you don't under. I mean, you do understand, but it is so infuriating to be riding down the Williamsburg Bridge and slowing down. Yes, like why why is this happening? This is the it, it sucks. And then, uh, yeah, whoever said a hot dog isn't made of animal parts, you, you have to talk to. Because that that's wild. That's Brett's wife. Thank you. Your wife, too. Yeah. Yeah, my wife's crazy, though. She cheats at games. Like, I guess crazy. what? My wife's crazy, too. You wouldn't believe it. Yeah. <laughs> my wife cheats at games, though. Like, Yeah. No, your wife wants to win the most. Loophole. I respect. I really... We learned we played a game last night, and she tried to cheat in probably six or seven different ways, and it was just because she wants to win more than anybody else. She has killer spirit. More than anyone I've ever met, she wants to win the most. Yeah, she's always trying to find some loophole in the fucking game. She's going to listen to this show and be like, then the next time we're playing a game, she's just going to be like, okay, what if I could do this? And then that's outside of the rules that they definitely say is against the rules, but I think maybe I can do that, you know? Yeah. Cheater. It's cheating is what it is. Got to. Yeah. Somebody, somebody, I think this is the, the rule. That is, that is, oh, oh yeah. Oh, and, and one quick thing. If you get the creamy oat milk, you can dilute it and make it regular oat milk. That's, uh, that's, you can take that to, that to the bank. Oh, dip. <laughs> I get what you're saying. Oh, yeah. Oh, stretch it. This is wild. Thing. Stretch it out. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in. We're going to hit our break now. All right, uh, thanks for taking me. Oh, I appreciate it. You just hit the most genius thing I've ever heard, so thank you for doing what, that. What, thin out the oat milk? Yeah, I thought never that, thought of that. What about buying whole milk and adding water to make skim milk? Never thought of it. Never was even would have considered it. That was it. place. <laughs> you got to make it go a little farther. One gallon ain't enough to feed these kids. You can yeah. get two out of it. Yeah. Um. So this week, we have some music from a listener. Their name is Andy. It says, hey, fellas, just want to say that y'all are doing great stuff. Look forward to the episodes every week. I've been meeting to call in, but I'm usually at Food Not Bombs every Sunday night. Oh, look at you. Well, things are fine down here in the ground while you're up on your pedestal. Anyways, I think I'd like to share my band slash solo noise rock project, Coptimist. Okay. Coptimus is the name. Uh, sorry, songs about shitheads, cops, and those that can't speak for themselves. So you can find them at coptimus.bandcamp.com, C O P T I M N 
No, wait, wait, hold on one more time. C-O-P-T-I-M-I-S-T dot bandcamp.com. Coptimist uh, is here on Street Fight. If you have music you want to send in, streetfightradio at gmail.com. Uh, head to streetfightradio.com. There's also another email there. So let us know what you got. We'll be back. We're taking a break. Uh, if you're on the queue, if you're on the phones right now, we'll get to you. There's enough people uh, that we can do it. So we'll be back. Peace. I think there's only six. In
Hey everybody, welcome back to Street Fight Radio. If you like that music, it was Coptimist. You can find them at coptimist.bandcamp.com. And uh, if you have music you want to send in, streetfightradio at gmail is the best way to do it. Uh, Instagram and Twitter, Facebook also work. Not a problem. If you got music you're working on, we'd love to play it on the show, especially during the call-in. We're back and ready to take these calls. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate all y'all and your stories. Let's see who's next. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to? Hey, Street Fight. What's up? Hey, who's this? It, this, is, this is Jonathan in Southern California. What's up, Jonathan? What's going on tonight? Nothing. It, uh, it, it finally rained out here. And oh. so I think, uh, I think the fires are done with. Okay. That's good. That, so, is, uh, that sounds so, great. Uh, like yeah, like the fires in Axel Rose's heart. Yes, two of the actual fires been put out by the cold <laughs> November rain. <laughs> what was the thing I heard a guy one time say uh, that the song's called "Cold November Rain" and it was very funny. He was asking a guy what his favorite Guns N' Roses song. One guy says Guns N' Roses. The other one says, "I got one that's a little <laughs> off the uh, uh, beaten path." cold november rain and it made me laugh so hard it was it was an incredible exchange <laughs> between two people who like guns and roses but like only the most very popular songs and, and anyway i i was calling to tell a story that i i, I don't really know who else to tell it to all except right. uh except you got you guys might be interested because it's it's about Dayton, Ohio. Okay. Oh, yeah, What's going on in Dayton? <laughs> so so I, I don't I don't know this this isn't really like a secret in any sense. You can you can read all about this stuff if you Google it. But uh as, as it turns out there there was a secret in my family that was also a secret about Dayton, Ohio. Okay. And the, the, the way the story goes is that I, I so, okay, so I, I'm a scientist. And the way that I, the reason that I became a scientist is because my, my grandfather was too. And so he, he would always, you know, talk to me. I was kind of like the only person in the family that he would talk to about science. Because everyone else was interested in, uh, in you know, like uh, business or, or, or the arts or whatever. There were no other scientists in the family. And so it's a, it's a family secret, not because, like, people made a deliberate decision not to talk about it, but because there was just no reason why anybody would have. Okay. Because it's a very kind of specialized, it's a very kind of specialized piece of history. And so it happens in Dayton, Ohio. There used to be a recreational facility in Dayton, Ohio. And it was called that, it was called the, the Runnymede Playhouse because it was near a road called, called Runnymede. And this is a story that takes, back, takes place back during World War II. Okay. So uh, it's, it's going to involve some, some, some war shit. So uh, if, if anybody doesn't want to hear about that. Uh, maybe maybe this is your content warning. But uh, so one day during during the war, 
the people went down, the, the people of Dayton went down to their recreational facility, and they found that sometime overnight, like high fence had been put up around it. Okay. It was now lit by floodlights 24 hours a day and guarded at all times by armed soldiers. All right. Yeah. Okay. And so... And and so so the, the, the recreational facility, the playhouse, had been appropriated by the US Army. Okay. And so this was a this was a recreational facility. It had like tennis courts, it had like a swimming pool, and they just built like walls around all of it and completely enclosed the entire space. Oh, okay. This sounds and like if, a UFO to me, but so <laughs> right. So there's something secret going on in there. And the people are like, you know, they go up there and they're like, uh, why can't we use our, why can't we use our pool? And the army told them, well, we're uh, developing and producing uh, training films for the army in here. It's all super secret. We can't let you in. Sorry, but you're going to have to fuck off now. Seems like a so weird thing, official- a weird place to like choose to do your Secret army stuff, a place that people go to every day. <laughs> it is. I mean, it's like not a secret, you know, if it's this huge arms facility that just springs up overnight in the middle of town. And so if you were to go in there, the swimming pool would still be there. But the swimming pool was now enclosed. There was a cover on the top of it. And the cover was distinctive for the reason that the cover was clad entirely in lead. Oh, oh, oh. Inside of the pool. Okay. Inside of the pool was a bunch of bismuth. Every every day they were bringing more bismuth. Pink bismuth, I know that. the Runnymede Playhouse. And so... This wasn't just ordinary business. It had been uh, irradiated by neutrons at a facility somewhere else in the country, probably Oak Ridge or something. And if you consult your periodic table, one of the elements that neighbors bismuth on the periodic table is an element that's called polonium that doesn't actually occur in nature. Okay. The only way you can manufacture it is if you transmute another element. So they were bombarding bismuth with neutrons, transmuting it into polonium, and then extracting the polonium from the metal, because not a lot of the bismuth is transmuted into polonium, so you have to do some kind of microchemistry in order to extract it. So that polonium was then placed in a lead-lined briefcase given to a courier and flown out of Wright-Patterson Air Force Base out to Los Alamos, where it became incorporated in the first generation of nuclear weapons in the form of what's called an initiator. Wow. So so the, 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 the initiator is kind of like a pre-trigger. It kind of primes the, uh, it kind of primes the uranium nucleus, the, the, uranium, uh, the uranium core. It kind of primes that uranium core with neutrons, and then when you trigger the and then when you trigger the system, you you get a much bigger yield. 
it makes the it makes the device more effective. Right. Okay. And and be, because polonium decays so rapidly, you can't just make one batch and then keep it around forever. It'll decay away. So they had to set up a factory to produce it in quantity constantly because they didn't know when the bomb was going to be ready or if they were even going to use it. Oh, so you always had to have so the Dayton swimming pool had to, had to have a fresh batch of polonium ready to go whenever they were wanted to fire that missile? There, there was a polonium factory running in the middle of Dayton. <laughs> During World War Two, <laughs> and, and, and my my grandfather worked there. Okay, and well, this is why I know all about this. I I I mean that, he had uh, he had been working there. Yeah, I mean polonium is that is that explosive polonium? Oh, the chat uh, the chat has said a bunch of horrible things. Polonium will do to you. Oh, cool. Yeah. So polonium is actually a favored poison yep. used by uh, oh, Vladimir yeah. Putin. I remember that. <laughs> and it turns out they put in a sushi. There was a spy. There was a spy at Oak Ridge Laboratory who probably spent a lot of time at the Dayton Project, who took the secret of polonium manufacture back to the Soviet Union. And this spy was actually given a posthumous medal by Vladimir Putin for bringing polonium to the Soviet Union. The 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 guy that did it in Dayton. Yeah, that's tight. Wow. There was a there was a Soviet spy working out of the Dayton project and out of Oak Ridge, who who stole the secret of polonium manufacture. Holy shit. He, he started taking over recreational swimming pools back home. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's the stuff he put in the sushi, right? That's the stuff. The polonium is the stuff he yeah. put in sushi. I remember that. Yeah. Right. And, 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 and it, 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 it's half, it's half life is very short. So it's not, you know, it's, it's not, it's not kind of dangerous in a persistent way. But you know, it is it is it is dangerous enough to danger enough dangerous enough to to destroy your body's tissues. I mean, dangerous enough you got to put it in a pool with a bunch of bismuth. <laughs> yeah. You know, that's is bismuth dangerous. Bismuth? Yeah. No, b b bismuth is uh, kind of a useless metal. It, mm. uh, it's it's fantastic. Reason why people really have it. Say again. It's pink. It's Pepto Bismol, right? <laughs> right. It's it's a component in that, but it's, That's it's been not a... particularly strong. It's not particularly conductive. It doesn't have great optical properties, so it's it's kind of mostly useless. It's just a byproduct of uh, uh, extracting other metals. I don't know. Pepto Bismol has been very important in in Brian in the life of Brian Quinby in his bad stomach. <laughs> you know, I took some recently when I replaced water with Gatorade. So it, 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 has, it has a very low melting temperature, so you can grow crystals of it at home. It might be a cool home science experiment. Okay, I'm going to grow some bismuth then. That yeah. sounds great. I'm going to have a bismuth rock but, in my bathroom instead of Pepto Bismol, and I'm just going to—it'll be like my aloe. I'll just break off a piece of it when yeah, I have indigestion. Go, go in there and lick your bismuth rock. <laughs> I'm going to look. But I think. <laughs> I, I, I think I think the takeaway here 
is that I personally, I, I spent a lot of time reading about the reading about the history of these things. I personally think the detonation of these these atomic devices was uh, was an atrocious crime. Me too. We agree. We agree with um, you on that. We're no Dan Carlin. People, <laughs> people in the moment, the the use of these d- devices was the pragmatic option, and 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 they opted for it, even though it was completely unnecessary. Yeah, that's how I feel too. And this is. I don't know to make to make kind of a heavy-handed analogy. We have opted in this past election for the pragmatic pathway of electing someone who we think is just going to be marginally better, right? So that kind of a lot of a lot of our consciences can be assuaged in in having done so. But uh, not mine. The pra- yeah, right. The pragmatic pathway. I mean, it it, yeah. it it's what you do in the moment, but you, how it how it plays out. I mean, <laughs> you know, developing these weapons was obviously a, a good thing for our side during the war. But what happened over the next forty years? No, you're right. We're I'm, still living with it. The pragmatism is doing the damage. It's still doing the damage, but it's doing it with like a heavy heart, or or doing it with like, oh, I thought twice before I decided we have to do it. Right. And so I feel that uh, it, 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 it's, 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 it's somewhat analogous yeah, to absolutely. the situation we find ourselves in. We, I mean, I, I'll, be, I'll be straight. I'll be straight. We just elected someone to be our president who's a war criminal. Yeah. This, this man has done more than any other Democrat to, to start the Iraq war. Yeah, I mean, he also we, we drug war. Him. We just selected him. Yeah, drug war shit. We it's not. He so- didn't have to apologize or anything. He didn't even say he was sorry. <laughs> yeah, no, I don't think he feels that sorry. But yeah, I, I agree with you. I I don't. You know, uh, uh, that's why I said I'm not really celebrating his win. I'm celebrating Donald Trump losing. You know, it feels good for him to have lost. Yeah. No, but uh, people people are gonna have to gonna have to start thinking thinking real. Yeah, I'm with you. Uh, hey, starting starting on the fourth day. Yep, that's that is for sure. Well, thanks for calling in. That was an interesting right. story. Sure, sure thing. Talk to you guys later. Thank yeah, you. Peace. Yeah, that's something that's like that is like a weird old like grandpa story though. Where it's just like, I had on my BVDs, and one day they were like, we need people down here at the recreation center to do something real important. So I signed up to serve my country. Can you fucking believe (laughs) they chose the recreation center, though? That's the part that gets me weirded out. It's like, you could have picked fucking any other place. Dayton is surrounded by farmland where you can get away with murder. You can do whatever you want out if you choose anywhere outside of Dayton. In between Dayton and Columbus, there's an hour of driving that, like, you have... It's open land. It's free-for-all. Yeah, not a lot of stuff there. That is true. That's that's definitely true. It's just you like... Could, you could make a, a pool. You could make your own pool for bismuth manufacturing. Yeah, yeah. Well, Dayton also has the right Patterson Air Force. Yeah, you're right. The, yeah. You're right. I guess with the uh, fast... With the half life or whatever, you have to be able to fly it out of there. 
Uh, Columbus and Ohio in general has a real big uh, connection. We always feel like we're the center of the universe because the the there's some defense supply center that's here, and then the Wright Patterson Air Force Base. <laughs> we do after nine eleven. Everybody thought it, that the air ba- the Air Force Base in Dayton was going to get nine eleven. We do love to be. The D- DSCC is something we really love. We truly love yeah. having here. We can be like, oh, a 9-11 could happen at that place. It's we're like, do you think Osama bin Laden fucking knows that place exists? <laughs> right. It's a it's, Yeah, it's just an office building. Yeah. All right. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, what's up, guys? Howdy. In Philly. What's up? Philly How's it going? Showing up. Philly's showing up, man. Y'all are the champions of the world right now. Yeah, that yeah, feels good. Uh, yeah, powerful city. First, uh, you know, I just gotta say, uh, definitely on the same page about the wind. Uh, it's always been a, a pet peeve of mine. You know, hate it just on the bike. Hate if it. You're carrying like a, you know, I'm a painter. Like I, you know, oh, in the, you know, kind of senior year, like junior year of art school, like kind of main thing. It's just like everyone's just into making as big a painting as they can, and it just is killer. You know. Yeah, I hate it. It was like a truck or anything. You watch a YouTube video on how to put a tent together, and then you go to lay it out, and all of a sudden the wind just has it thrown into the nearest tree. Yep. Always, always hated it when I was growing up, too. Always hated wind. Oh, so, yeah, I'm with you. I am with you. So what's going on tonight? Oh, not much. I mean, you guys tired of... uh Electoral talk. I mean, I've got just no. Like a, we a figured story. Stan said, "Well, we figured people were going to call about it, but it's up to you. You tell the story you want to tell." Um, I might actually keep this one uh, holstered for later. It's more just kind of a roast of a uh, kind of Democratic Party, just through analogies to movie scenes and stuff. No, oh, okay. But, uh, I'm sure I'll get plenty of time for that over the next like four years. So yeah. <laughs> it's got a story of like a poorly run uh, pizza place I worked at once. Oh, I, that's my favorite kind of poorly run place, <laughs> to tell you the truth. Those are the ones that are the oh, wild. I think it's better. I went to a fucking pizza yeah, place on the way home last night. And guy in there's not wearing a mask at all. Has the door locked anyway when I get there. Let's me order, but has the door locked. But then, you know, let me in. I wore my mask, but I was like, ah, you know, I kind of really liked you to have worn a mask. And in the neighborhood he's in, which is near Brett's neighborhood, it's like, I'm surprised he doesn't get people yelling at him all the time about not wearing a mask. Yeah. Angie's. Oh, Angie's really? That's near the like Unitarian Church, which runs Clintonville. Yeah, yeah. I was very shocked at it, but I think it was just the end of the night, and there was nobody else there. And yeah, he's like kind of let his guard down. It's like taking your your apron off for the night. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so what was what was up with your pizza place? I uh, just as a little background. This is just like uh, you know, I got fed up with the last job, and um, you know, I just quit after lining up like enough, like one day a week, kind of like you know, gig stuff from friends, and uh, like this was one where I think it was um, I was one of the first people that work in it. Like I just responded to the Craigslist ad from when they were staffing for the first time, and uh, I'd worked in other pizza places, and uh, I got like a you know, shift lead job or whatever you could manage another place. But um it, it just right off the bat, you know, it was like kinda of stringing me along with like saying like, 
Yeah, we're going to give you like three bucks less than you, what you were asking for, but uh, I would tips and I'll make up for it. And, uh, you know, I would uh, kind of argue that, but it was one of like five places I was working like that month. So uh, that turned out to be like, you know, definitely a kind of a, an exaggeration because it was in, um, you know, like indoor kind of food court places, like uh, maybe if you've been to Reading Terminal or something. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was uh, one of those, but just near a business park. So pretty much the only business all day I got was at lunch. And uh, that was never more than a trickle. I'd never been in that place before. But yeah, it was uh, not much business, but uh, very uh, overstaffed. They always had like five people working, despite being kind of a very small like stall where like maybe three could fit. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they. I guess I don't know if they had no idea like how many people they would need, but uh, it was an overestimate. Was there ever a time where they would have needed that many people? No, just I, I don't think even the space could accommodate that many people. Like three <laughs> at the most. It was like brutal. It was brutal in the way where, like, you know, um, the kind of job where you just don't have anything to do, but you kind of feel the need to look busy because, like, the boss is always around. Yeah. And uh, it was just like the worst kind of extreme of that I've ever had because it was like, it was so uh, not busy. But uh, I think the reason they thought they needed that many people was they had some idea about um, like just splitting up the process and making pizza and like one person like stretching the dough and then passing it to someone else to put the sauce on and a different person like puts on the cheese and the it just, I don't know, it was crazy. I can't even picture, yeah. like, how it would actually work. No, I, no, that, I mean, there's a lot of that. I mean, the Blaze pizzas, there's those fast-fired pizzas, that became a very common thing. And it is kind of like, I mean, I'm here talking to you, why don't you just make the damn thing? Why don't we just walk down the line and you make the pizza with me, you know? Yeah. Do we need a dough expert? Yeah, definitely. See, I like, yeah, I, I like that kind of treatment. I, I like a little... Hey, I'm going to pass it off to Jacob here. They're going to take care of the tops for you. Yeah, your pepperoni. The, <laughs> we need. The, we have a pepperoni specialist here. You know? Yeah. They got yeah. the pepperoni specialist. They got the cheese specialist. It's nice. Hi. I, hi. Hi. I'm uh, Meredith. What kind of toppings do you want? You want pesto? Do you want arugula? We have olive oil drizzle. Yeah. Yeah. Like, wow. You really a fanatic about need, toppings. Yeah. You know About after bakes. <laughs> but like, I'll tell you what. That that pizza's some of my favorite pizza. The fast fired shit? The fast fired shit. Yeah. I just love it. I, just, I do. I can't too. get enough of it. And pizza in D.C. Well, I go in and do. Would you go? Blaze. You go to Blaze? I don't go in there. Are you on yeah, the app? I, I'm a Blaze guy. I mystery shopped them like crazy. And it was a pretty good deal because you would mystery shop them and you would earn flames the whole time and you'd get free pizzas so they could go out, go in there by your own. What are flames? Side. That's their rewards program. Shit. <laughs> I don't get those. I don't have flames. Wow. But I'm I'm a fan of the pizza. But uh, one person can. Yeah, make well, it. How long did this place stay in business? I don't know. I checked back. This was shortly before moving to Philly. This was in uh, Baltimore. But I've looked lately it, uh, on Google. It looks like they're still up. Just you know, the first result that comes up, like you know, like make an order now kind of thing. But uh, I was surprised. I didn't think it would be that long because uh, 
Yeah, even like what you guys were talking about, it sounds like good pizza. Uh, I can see how it would be good, but what was like kind of bizarre about it was, um, like, I don't know, no diss if there's a good, like, you know, New Haven style. I hadn't Oof. heard of that or had that a anywhere pizza. else in here, but, um, what was it? A new, don't they call it a pizza? It's a pe- it's pizza with an A in front of it. Oh man, I haven't even heard that. This is like foreign to me. Okay. Like, uh, only this place really because um like most other you know pizza places and everything like dough recipes uh you know just like put everything in the mixer and mix all like comes together you know then like cut it up but this uh this uh, recipe called for like kneading it like 20 minutes more after that which was like insane because uh just every time I eat a slice, like, I, I physically can eat more than one slice because, like, my jaw, you know, when, like, your mandible becomes, like, so, like, tired by, like, Sore. the chewing of it, you get, like, an ache. Like, it's going to come unhinged. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Starts clicking. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's, like, real wear and tear, you know? Just, like, even getting one slice a day just as, like, your lunch is, like, like can do more than that, you it's know? Like, I'm doing really damage. Damn, I gotta try this New Haven style pizza. Oh, it's so good. I used to get it in DC a lot. Oh, I've never heard of it. The tough. Yeah, it's more like a hard tack pizza. <laughs> it's it's more like <laughs> it's it's you know it's a it's a challenge. Yeah. Well, yeah, another thing about this was that like he insisted that um like the dough be like three days old, but like not more or less, and uh. You know, they overestimate how much dough they would need, kind of the same way they overestimate the amount of employees. So, like, we just made this insane amount of dough that could be, like, you know, three days old, but then get, like, four days old, like, unused, and they'd just, like, throw it away. But then, like, on just the rare times where they did actually use more than they had, like, they couldn't use, like, the two-day, like, dough because it wasn't there yet. So they had to tell people they were just out. Oh my god, that is I mean that you're getting in the way of making money when you do that. <laughs> like who's gonna know? It was stressful. Really, uh, I got the impression that it was just like one guy who considered himself to be like a really uh good like pizza uh, artist or something, yes. and like his friend who maybe had the startup money, but like no one who had kind of the actual uh you know, no like Gordon Ramsay's or anything. He, but yeah, he worked himself into this thing where it's like, if I make the best pizza possible, I will have the next big chain. I'll be the next Pizza Hut as yeah. long as I make a good ass piece of pizza. They do it with. It's like, no, you have to be effective at getting money. You have to be effective at taking money from people and spending less on ingredients and labor than what you get. That's all. That's all. That's all it takes to be successful. When pizza's a cheap thing to make, that's why oh, yeah. so many people get involved. It yeah, costs it, like nothing it's to like make drugs. a pizza. Yeah, I mean, it's like selling beer or something. Like, you can just make money accidentally doing it because there doesn't, there's no cost. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, most places. Yeah, well, thanks for calling in. That is a, a, a very poorly run business, I will say. Yeah, that sounds... Yeah. That sucks, though. I mean, I, I, it's like you just work yourself up into a shoot where you're like we got this great location we're in the stand there's going to be so many business people coming in we're going to need five people making pizzas it's going to be that popular it is cool to think about how the grandiose yes. ideas that they had going into it like ah, you know maybe we should Fuck. hire seven eight people you know yeah we're going to need a lot 
<laughs> yeah, it's just like they didn't even like spend one like day just sitting there and seeing how busy it got, just like assuming it was like, wow, look at this place. Should we buy a vault for all of the money? <laughs> yeah, we? yeah, we need a vault. Yeah. Let's quick. Let's get the vault for the money. You're like standing there, and half yeah. of the small space is a vault, and there's yes. like forty-seven dollars <laughs> in it. Like, so, oh, is that like you converted an old bank vault into a pizza oven? Like, no, no, no. They just think that's where they're gonna keep their money. We're just gonna make so much fucking money. I don't think you understand how much money we're gonna make we keep all the money on site all right well thanks for calling in yeah have a good night peace that is that ambitious ass that is it's really funny especially when it's somebody because uh like when you're building a business and you want to bring somebody on you have to really make sure that you can afford it and that the money is there and if you've built your business up, it's like, I mean, for us to bring somebody on would be, you know, it would be hard. It would be hard to figure out how to make it worth their while and make sure that, you know, we're not jerking them around and that we can pay them. But when like some rich person just rolls up with $200,000 and you're like, I'm going to start a pizza stand. I'm going to hire five people for 40 hours a week to make fucking pizzas. Yeah. You know, regardless, I don't know how many pizzas I'm going to sell. No one's ever even bought a pizza from me yet. I just have more money than I ever needed uh, to get this business done so i'm just gonna you know imagine that i paid them this much yeah. it's all fantasy at that point yeah it's not yeah. a real thing you're not you, you aren't making enough money to hire five people you just wish you hired five you just wish you had five employees probably you know? fucking also hired like or, or probably also like bought a house yes and like oh, all yes. kinds of shit they were involved in yes. you know just I'm going to make some investments, too. I think I can make some investments. Went to the Audi dealership and got a lease. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Uh, here, it's you. You just beeped. Sorry. Hello? Ooh, some of them were underwater. We got a helicopter on the line? I've, I've always wanted a helicopter to call. It's Elmo. Elmo? Elmo from Sesame Street. How's everybody doing tonight? We're doing great. How are you, Elmo? Yeah, it's number one Elmo Cook Comedy Radio Show in any station across the nation. That's okay. what we do. Yeah, we're... Well, uh, uh, who are... Uh, so this uh, is Elmo... Uh, uh, it's, uh, it's, it's Meatwad from Uckerson Hanford. Me and Elmo are sitting here getting a little stoned watching, uh, watching some YouTube videos. Okay, okay, this is older Elmo. See, for a second, I thought you no, were Chris. It's Meatwad. This is Meatwad from Alcatraz. Is this uh, Jar Jar Binks now? No, it's Meatwad from, from Alcatraz. You know, I, I sleep on a grill, and me and, me and Master Shook, and try like you guys so much at that screen. Yeah, I don't know who I All right, well, I was trying to do trying to do Elmo and Meatwad. Didn't go over as well as I <laughs> so The chat knew. Someone in the chat got it. The chat yeah, saw it. Yeah, they knew. That was tough. Yeah, Street Fight. Shout out to Tuckman Street Fight. That's what's up. <clears throat> I loved Meatwad, too. I'm sorry. I just, the chat got it. I couldn't get it. I thought you were Chris. All right, so, I don't know who that is. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not Chris James, no. Yeah, that's who I Chris thought you James were. Is. Yeah. No, this is Lucas from Connecticut. So we were just talking about New Haven pizza. How is I, it? I know a thing or two about New Haven pizza. How is it? 
Is it good? It's the best, but I mean, I'm, I'm kind of a pizza snob. I've lived in Connecticut most of my life, lived in Delaware for a little bit, and in my experience, everything like south of Jersey has been a little rough. You have not been here, and I can tell you it's good. It's the good shit here in Columbus. I mean, everywhere I go, I want to eat the pizza, so I, I try to eat as much as possible. Yeah, I don't, um, I say that, I, I don't, I mean, I can't say every pizza can't be the best and there's so many different styles. Um, I think that north of DC, they maybe take the, the, the pizza more seriously. When I lived in Virginia, like no one knew how to make a pizza down there. Uh, and, and south of there, for the most part, they don't know about pizza. But yeah, Ohio definitely has a lot, a lot of Italian immigration that happened in the forties and fifties that, led us to be a pizza town because that's what most of our local places are is pizza joints. Like every neighborhood has a pizza joint that delivers and takes cash only. And they've done it since 1955. And those are always the best places. If like the only other options are like Domino's and pizza hut. I feel so bad for people that like, like little Caesars is the best pizza they can get. Yeah. We've been places. We've been to places where that's all you can get. When we go out of town, it's like pizza feels like the safest thing to buy, but it can be bad. Yeah, it's it's not a great uh, not a great pizza landscape for everyone. But um, so you guys were talking about uh, security work. Uh, I did event staff for a little bit which was like security, except with zero training and no security license whatsoever. Uh, <laughs> they just threw a polo on you? Interesting. Yeah, exactly. You get there like in two hours before the game or whatever the event is, you get a polo, and they tell you where you're going to stand for the next six or seven hours. You get your ass kicked and, ever? Uh, no. The, it was. I think I only worked like six events, and I never really did much of anything. Uh, and just, then I just ghosted them when I, when I decided I wasn't doing that anymore. Cause they used to like try to guilt me about not filling my days with events. They're like, we can, we can get you on a bus up to Massachusetts. There's concerts up there. We could have you work. And I was like, no, I'm all set. So you're, uh, that's, so you're just observing basically like you just stand in place and observe and make sure that shit doesn't go wild. Pretty much. It was mostly uh, UConn football games, which were never really all that rowdy. And my first day, they had me stand by like the ESPN and broadcast trailers and just make sure nobody messed with them. And nobody tried to, so I did right. nothing for See, that's, five hours. That's the thing, though. You you got like lucky. If you were doing Ohio State, you would have been working. I can promise you that. If you were trying to uh, guard the ESPN thing from the Ohio State fans, that's work. Or like if you had to do metal concerts and stuff like that. That's what. That's why event staff, like that job is another one that sort of appealed to me if I could watch the show. Because I've met people that do it and they would like at the uh, at the Nationwide Arena and they only did it because they got to stand in the back and watch the goddamn show and yeah. the games. You're yeah. basically just standing there in a polo. Yeah, I would w- once again if I got paid to just watch a concert, even just listen to them from a fucking near the door. That seems like okay. Right, you're getting paid. Yeah, the only event, the only event that I like wanted to do but ended up not working was a Fleetwood Mac concert because that would have been awesome to just listen to for free. Yeah, but uh, the only time I did like any 
actual interaction with anybody was at uh, the Yale Bowl in New Haven. Uh, it was like the Yale uh, football game against Harvard, I think. And it was like an alumni weekend. And it was all during Brett Kavanaugh's uh, oh, Supreme God. Court trials and all that shit. So oh, no. amidst all of that, I had to tear tickets in the like alumni parking lot where all these ridiculously wealthy, snooty, terrible people oh, were coming kinda... into the uh, into the into the stadium. That's honestly got to be the worst audience that you yeah. could probably. I mean, they're like all hopped a... up on privilege. They're like, "Hey, man, I like beer." You know, I like a beer. Yeah. I mean, a Slayer concert sounds like a nightmare or whatever, or a Jackal concert, but a Yale, I, I, I could deal better with Jackal's audience than Yale. You know, I would be intimidated by him, to tell you the truth. You know, the people come in there and they got the Yale, like, oh, I go to Yale. A sweater tied over their, yeah, their shoulders. Yeah, the sweaters and shit, and just the shit they get away with. Like, there were plenty of, uh, I mean, this was, that was like a couple of years ago. So I don't remember many of the interactions, but there was one lady who came up to me and like, my job wasn't to make sure nobody was bringing any weapons into the game or anything they weren't supposed to bring in. My job was to just like tear off a ticket stub yep. at the corner of this parking lot as they made their way to this like 150 year old football stadium. So like, I don't care who gets in. I don't give a shit if you paid to see this football game. Yeah. So they told me to tear off the tickets and if they didn't have them to direct them over to the box office, I didn't direct anybody anywhere other than into the tunnel that leads to the stadium. And this one lady comes up to me and she was, I was like, uh, do you have tickets for the game today? And she was like, we left them on the counter at home. I was like, Oh, okay, that's fine. She was like, are you telling me that I have to go all the way back home to get my season tickets that I paid $500 for, or you're not going to let me in? I was like, no, <laughs> no, I didn't say that. It's all set. Have a good time. I yeah, truly. Who's your, who's your boss? And I was like, really? I honestly, don't even know. There's, there's, I, I, it's just a event staff company. I don't know who my boss is. One of the guys in the blue polos, not, not the yellow polos. Look for a blue polo. And she was like, "Is it Bill in the main office?" And I was like, "It, it, it might be. I don't know." And she was like, "I'm, I'm gonna speak. I'm gonna speak to Bill about this." So I was like, "Okay." have a good time. Enjoy the game. I'm not stopping you. And then she stormed off all in a huff and nothing ever came of it because they don't know who I am. They don't, nobody knows who anybody is there. I honestly, my biggest regret about the job is not going to an event, getting myself in with the yellow polo on and then just like throwing it away somewhere and just enjoying myself for a free event. Yeah. Yeah. You could have just went and watched the game instead. Yeah. But, that, uh, it's so funny for, there's so many customer service moments when you realize someone is hearing something else. When you've told them the exact, op- oh, actually, ma'am, you'll be surprised to hear it's the opposite of what, what you said. And they're like, oh, fuck you. I knew what you would say that, you know, it's like, oh, God, I don't know what to do. Yeah, she walked up to me already upset that somebody had to say anything to her as she was on her way into the game. <laughs> it, it was bizarre. Yeah. But, uh. I know you guys have been uh, running the show for a while now. Uh, getting late. I don't want to take up too much time. Uh, you guys are awesome. Excited for the possibility of live shows. I was going to go to Hellfire when you came up to Boston or Providence for Hellfire rides again. Oh, but yeah. It's COVID. It will. Man, it sucks. Eventually. 
It'll happen. We'll, we're going to make that happen. It will happen. Have a good one. Well, I've been, uh, I've been buying myself presents. I got a, a long sleeve with some awesome anvils coming in the mail soon, so I got that to look forward to. It's going to yeah. be warm in these cold months. That order's nice. been placed. I said to pay the big-ass bill for it, so Hell it's coming. Yeah. Oh, and I, I was supposed to ask, um, Brian, the collar, does the B charm like slide back and forth, or did it come saying like b ryan it came saying b ryan it doesn't move it like didn't move no it doesn't move the space like is just there no there's... i don't actually know where it went well, i mean i put it on every once in a while and jo in the bathroom but i mean no uh it's somewhere in here in the room I've oh, got it. There it okay, is. We've ordered, we've ordered multiple collars from the website, and if the if the quality isn't up to par, we've it's sliding. New collar website. It's oh, sliding. I just changed okay, it. It says Brian. It says Brian for sure. All right. Okay. So there's my sex collar. Saying it was a B Ryan collar. It now says Brian. It's a Brian collar. So right, have a good one, fellas. Thank you. Yeah, Thanks thanks for calling. There was uh, also another mystery shop thing. When I used to do mystery shops, uh, I would do them for events. And I always felt terrible because I would have to drive to a stadium like Blue Jackets Arena or, you know, some major sports stadium. And I would have to go and I would check the valet, not the valet, the parking people. And there would be someone in a yellow vest and I would pull up to a, a parking garage and the ticket would come out of the parking garage and they would pull it out with their right hand, put it into their left hand, and then put it into my hand. Oh. And I never understood why they had a staff there to just pull the ticket out of the machine for me. I think it's like a good little service. It's, it's I mean, I guess white they, glove service. <laughs> it is. It was I guess they took the money, I guess because if I you're not supposed to put the ticket in at the end so they would take the $20. But all I remember, there was a few employees that all they did was pull the stub for me. And I wondered why you would pay to have someone pull a, a fucking ticket for you. You're a job maker. Job creator. I like it. If I went to the deli counter and I was like, huh, I would like some deli meats. And they're like, oh, let me pull this ticket for you. I yeah. wait here all day long. We need a ticket puller to hand to, it to I me. I don't want you to harm your fingers. <laughs> Thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? Hey, I'm calling because I am leaving my job this week. Right on. Hallelujah. What kind of job? All right. So I'm working at a deli at a grocery store not too far from me. Okay. And it's really not an awful job, but I just figured, like, I'm in a good enough financial situation for now, which I know at point of privilege in these times. That's, I can afford to be a little choosy. Yeah, go for it. I mean, you got You have to play at your hand when you got the best odds. Yeah, no matter. I'm. I mean, you can't. You can't worry about that kind of thing. You just gotta. You gotta do what's good for you. You know. And ruining some boss's time yeah, is absolutely. good for everyone. Really, I think that adds a good app, good energy to the world. Yeah, are you gonna quit on the boss, or do they know you're leaving? Yeah, I. Yeah, I gave them two weeks because, like. I decided I don't feel spiteful enough towards them to just walk off and burn the bridge. But so, yeah, my last shift's on Thursday. Small company or major company? 
Um, so it's something in between, and that's really what I wanted to talk about was sort of the company in general and just like grocery stores. Okay. So, so, uh, I'm from South Carolina. Um, I live, I live just outside of Columbia and this grocery store that I'm working at is in a town called Chapin, which is about a 15 minute drive from me and not into traffic at all. So like commute's not an issue, but like Chapin is, I don't know how to say it. I think like pretty much like every major city kind of has like something like this, especially in the South where it's a fake working class town. Yeah. Where you mean the people that have enough money for like the dually trucks with like the extended cab, they, they have a $600 a month truck payment. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah, we have one Grove City is one here in town. Like, yeah, everybody thinks they're country because they're they live twenty minutes uh, south of Columbus. Yeah, yeah, they do, and they, they but they drive the hugest cars. Yeah, they make all their money in Columbus and live in BFE, where the houses are one hundred and twenty thousand dollars. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh... But anyway, so I I mostly just took this job just to earn some extra money for future. In fact, because like it's one of two that I've been working. The other is kind of more just a contractor job. That's pretty easy. Uh, so I I don't know. I don't know why. Yeah. But, well, but getting back to so the store is uh I'm sorry. Sorry to interrupt you. Were you going to say something? No, no, no. go for it. Go yeah, for it. No, no. Yeah. What was the Predicament. store? So the store is a kind of mid-sized chain of grocery stores. It's called Lowe's Foods. No relation to the hardware company. Okay. But it spelled the same way. Okay. Did you um, deal with the Lowe's themselves? No, like it's, it's no... No, like, I don't know. It's used to be kind of a small chain. It started up in North Carolina, but it's gotten kind of bigger over the years. Just, it's one of those, like, grocery stores that, like, tries to feel, like, at home and kind of have a theme when really you know it's all bullshit. What What's I mean, the theme? It goes far sometimes. Country? Is it a country theme? Yes, yes, exactly. It's very like you know, southern front porch, sleepy oh. all vibes. Yeah, yeah, we, we got peepaw shop. Yeah, there's roosters on the wall, y'all. Yeah, it's where meatballs and peepaw shop, and they go yeah. get their chicken breast. <laughs> oh, I swear to God, I swear to God, it's like you're just there looking into a fucking. <laughs> yeah, I've been to. It's like you have a secret camera in there. I love places like. I love places like that. I mean, that's the kind of place I would shop too if there was one by my house. Yeah, I mean, like it's kind of, like I don't like hate the the overall vibe. I mean, I'm sure like working for it for however long I've been here kind of soured that mood. Yeah, but I don't hate it. But I mean, I so, don't want to be completely is, like be completely negative about it. But th there are places like Wegmans, and there are like local grocery stores where it is just nice to shop, and it feels different than like most of the piece of shit bare bo bare bones experience you get at like some of the other big grocery stores. Right. So anyway, all this to say, 
working here has pulled back the curtain on all that. Uh And you see, because like whenever it doesn't get super busy where we are, which it's typically like never busy in my corner of the store. But it's like whenever there's nothing else to do, they have they make me go on an iPad and like complete these little like video training modules. Oh and God. Some of it is just like, you know, how to some of it's like basic stuff, you know, like here's how you put on your face mask, which frankly, some frankly, some folks in management haven't gotten that one. Uh-huh. <laughs> but what else would you expect from this area? Um and of course, there's a fair bit of just good old fashioned employer propaganda there too. Oh, some anti-union stuff. Um, no, they don't even like bother with the anti-union stuff because, as like, I guess they don't see us see it being a threat at all since they're in <laughs> the south. But just like more like just anti-individual employee, like they're really aggressive about policing, like like employee grazing and then providing extra benefits or whatever. Wait, employee where you were in a deli, were you allowed to get like a little bit of a gabagool every now yeah, and then? Say, did you didn't get sued for you get a little taking slice, a slice of Turk or something? You, yeah. You get, a, you get to like take a, a, just maybe a spoonful of the potato salad to see if it's good. Hmm. <laughs> I mean, it's, generally like i don't i don't know how how to uh explain it i mean it was were you allowed for training i guess is more market would you get in yeah trouble? you were i guess like we would, could be would you get in like, trouble for I sampling slide, um i'd say probably not like if i cut accidentally like cut one more piece of turkey and wanted a quick snack i could probably eat that slice of turkey i think that stuff is more geared towards the people on the floor because they, the training modules would have you believe that's like the lowest level employees all want to steal from the store. Yeah. Yeah, we do. I mean, I, I always did. And, and I was surprised others didn't. Yeah. I mean, most people don't, I don't think most Most people people are so good and honest and pure hearted. And I just can't believe that. I wish they were fighters. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Anyway, all this to say, all this to say, like in the videos, like there's posters like with against warning against internal theft, whatever, and they're saying like, hey, if hey you if you shrink the product, then it could hurt your wages in the future, which True. is absolute fucking bullshit. Yeah, but it, yeah, it's like, well, here's the thing though, like I'm only trying to get money to buy food, so if I just cut out the middleman right. and stole the food, <laughs> that's get- a pretty good deal for me, right? You're going to charge me, you're going to split up the cost of this pack of bologna amongst everybody that works here. That's way cheaper than me buying it. (laughs) Right. I mean, what really gets me is the amount of food that's like, for all the emphasis in one of the trains I had to do, which was about like making sure all the products on the floor is sold, the amount of food we just straight up throw away, perfectly good in the deli, just is sickening to me oh yeah yeah that stuff is really out of hand it's it's something we need to have a big fucking adult conversation about yeah and i don't know it's just it's gotten me to thinking 
Because, like, you know, I'm not going to bother, like, trying to propose any sort of reform with the management or anything, especially since I'm on my way out. But it's got me kind of to thinking, like, sort of in a what grocery stores, what would their replacements look like in a post-capitalist world? Yeah. <laughs> I, don't, I have no clue. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I mean, I would. Yeah, just. I like, mean, no throwing stuff yeah. away. I think, you know, this is maybe unpopular, but it doesn't turn me off. Is just if there isn't, if if something isn't in, just fucking dealing with it. Like, I don't think we should demand that stuff be available all the time. We opened up a fucking boar's head ham yesterday, and it got used up before the end of the day. We don't have any fucking left for the rest of the day. Just screw off. Get something else. Yeah. You know? I mean, I think use it all till it's done. I don't think there should be any fucking waste at all. Yeah, the problem is the perishable yeah, stuff. Yeah, absolutely. You could, a lot of it, I don't know. I guess you could, you, you could make less of it if you, like, I don't think that they make the amount of egg salad that they make thinking that they're going right. to use every last bit of bread it. Bread, too. That bread lasts forever, but if everybody just got bread for free, we wouldn't have to constantly have it on the fucking shelves. Yeah. You know, and they throw it away every single night. They throw away handfuls of fucking bread. Yeah, they do. And eggs. Yeah. Well, good. Um, yeah, so. I'm sorry. Yeah, I was just going to say, good luck with with the future and getting out of getting out of this meme on people store. I'm I, I I'm very yeah. Excited you know for if you. uh if you're ever uh, I guess like I guess like uh <laughs> this is, it'll be too late by then. But if you're ever at the Lowe's Foods in Chapin, South Carolina, and intend to steal from the product, I won't tell anyone. Okay. Yeah. We have a we have someone that will ferry you. <laughs> um, but. But yeah, so I had one more thing I was going to say, and it's it's slipping my mind. Oh yeah, I remember now. Uh, so obviously, like the vibe there is pretty socially conservative, because especially just with the clientele here, which is old white Trump humpers. Uh huh. And I just want to say that's like I'm pretty proud of myself because I got a I'm non-binary and I got a trans pride mask few weeks ago and i've been able to just wear it straight up to the store and absolutely no one recognizes what it is so <laughs> so i've been able to actually quietly express myself there that's, that's nice. good yeah. that's good yeah you expose people to 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 what they think is their enemy too so it's brave of you to do that actually i mean yeah i mean i don't love the fact because like you know every the sh- Everyone assumes, just assumes, it goes by the gender that's that I pass as. So I, I have to really kind of like get in my head to deinternalize all of the he hims I'm hearing. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah, which, you know, which you know, I I never had the intention of trying to explain to them that there are multiple options for uh-huh. gender beyond just the two. So it's kind of on me, but also like that's part of the reason why I don't want to hang around and just keep dealing with that bullshit. Oh, yeah. yeah, I mean, it hasn't caused me to snap yet, but it could in the future. Yeah, get away yeah. from them customers. I mean, it's a, I mean, it's a lifelong thing. It, it's something that's going to teach you patience. You know, I, I think you're going to get more comfortable. You'll be more comfortable being who you are, and and more comfortable with people being stupid, probably. Uh, you know, in the in the time 
it's that come. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it, I, I don't, I wouldn't want to go. I wouldn't want it to just be myself and then have be around people that that's a problem for, you know, like that doesn't sound like a fun way to be or a fun situation to yeah. be in. Yeah. Yeah. And all things considered, like I got my, I got my money for them and it's going towards all my future ventures and all that. So, yeah. And thank you next. I guess I'll, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I guess unless, unless I end up like get, get taking some more money from that other contractor job I'm working, then I kind of just have holidays to relax and reset and hopefully Hopefully the virus will let up a little next year so I can actually, you know, start living my life. But <sighs> I know the feeling. Yeah, me too. Hey, I'm hoping the virus lets up yeah, next I'm year too. <laughs> yeah, I'm actually uh, saving up to do the Appalachian Trail. Oh, awesome. Dip. Yeah, that that's sounds great. Awesome. I'd something I would like to do if I didn't have to sleep outside. That's the fucking problem with the AT. Because I would love to do it. You know. I would love to walk that. But you gotta sleep outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, yeah, if that's if this if it follows through, which I'm feeling pretty good that I will be able to do it even even, you know, as the way COVID's trending, I feel like it'll settle down by the time I'm ready to get on the trail, which big optimism there. But you know, I'm just thinking like how many other like no, non-binary, neurodivergent anarchist fellows have walked the Appalachian yeah. Trail in full? You're starting. You're starting in the spring. Or are you going to start? Are we start? Where are you starting in Georgia or Maine. Virginia? Whatever. Um, you go north to south. Yeah. I'm, so I'm. I would be starting in April. I'd be. I'd be starting in April. Um, do I'd be doing what's called a flip flop, which is where you start in one place, do half the trail, then go back to that one place, and then do the other half. Okay. And yeah, my I've chosen my flip flop point to be to be um, at the site of my hero, who's John Brown's famous raid, Harpersbury, West Virginia. Okay. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. I would love to do this. This looks wonderful. Why you gotta sleep outside? Why can't there be hotels? Because life is tough, man. You got to get over it. You have to like challenge yourself. And why can't there be tellies? Why can't I have somebody follow me with dude, a trailer? Comfortable an RV? life. Comfortable life is miserable and depressing. You you I sleep mean, in a good you know, bed and watch stuff all night long, and you hate it. Wake up every day not liking it. That's true. That's true. <laughs> I do. I'm speaking. I mean, for myself. I know that like like the folks who like attempt to do like speed runs on the long trails like have a crew backing them up the whole time. Uh huh. But but it's like those folks will do it in like twenty seven days. The whole thing. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I could I I don't know how many miles you would have to walk to do it in twenty seven days. I guess you have to kind of run it, right? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, because I walk about twenty miles a day, and if that's all I was doing, I could definitely walk. I could walk twenty five, thirty miles a day. That wouldn't be a problem for me. It's it's the uh, uh, yeah, but you know, again, I'd be tired as shit, and well, just I couldn't do it. When my wife worked in uh, D.C., someone fucking took a sabbatical from their job for like eight months to walk from wherever they were started, Pennsylvania uh, to fucking Virginia or whatever. 
Sounds so good. Yeah. That sounds like the best experience in the world. Well, thanks for calling in. Good luck with the future. Good luck uh, quitting your job. It's yeah, very cool. And, uh, and if that stuff keeps up, if this plan keeps falling through, you know I'll be calling in again in advance. I'll Hell be promoting yeah. myself. Yeah, Sweet. we're going to hear about it. That sounds great. Yeah, this sounds yeah. very cool. Thanks for calling. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'll have a good one. Peace. Thanks. I'm looking at glamping on the Appalachian Trail. I would say I think there are some places you can stop off and get like a... I think you can pay to play on that. I think you can get some nice sleeping. But sometimes you got to sleep in a tent. Yeah, Reno. you're going to air mattress on the ground. Cozy up right on there. <sighs> This little air mattress. I feel like I'm going to have trouble sleeping tonight because it's a little warm. It, you can go. Yeah, it will be cold. It won't be cold enough, I guess. Go in the winter. No. I don't know what I would do. I just want to do it. But it says don't hike alone, too. Yeah, you got to have a someone with you. Who's going to do that? Erica did it. The Appalachian Trail? Yeah, she did a portion of it. How much? Like a week's worth. Damn. Yeah. She like it? She loved it. Oh, okay. She still loves hiking. I hate hiking. She loves it. I love it. Well, let how we got this is the last one. They're on the last line. call. Let's get them. What's up? You're thanks for calling Street Fight. Who are we talking to tonight? <laughs> hey guys. Uh, I'm Nathan. I'm from here in Columbus. What's up, Nathan? How you doing? I'm doing all right. Hey, uh calling in because I'm hoping to kind of signal boost a friend who I actually met at a live show that you guys did last year at a uh, Ruby Tuesday. Sweet. Go yeah. for it. That's so, the sweetest uh, thing you can my, do. Yeah. My, uh, so my friend Leif, um, just a super rad individual. Um, you know, he's a, he's a classically trained musician, super passionate about leftism and social justice. And this summer, on Father's Day, I'm sure you guys know there was a big, there were two big protests downtown. There was kind of like a liberal protest that marched from the state house up to Stonewall and dispersed. And then kind of the actual kind of leftists and the real kind of core BLM folks stuck around at the state house and the police showed up and kind of beat the crap out of a lot of people, including my friend Leif, who, uh, he was, you know, they were taking the intersection high and broad there and the cops knocked over this woman next to him and Leif bends over to pick this lady up and like get her back to safety. And this cop just grabs him and like pulls him into the cop line and like slams him into the ground. And uh -huh. there's video of this um, that you can see. So Leif got arrested and then like after getting slammed into the ground the first time, there's more video of him over by a cruiser and the cop, this guy, Nicholas Mason, who has a history of violence with the CPD, threw Leif, like, back down to the ground again. Um, and so then, like, through this whole thing now, Leif got, that was a Sunday, Leif got stuck in jail for two nights, and the kind of the kicker to all this is Leif is trans, so Leif had to fight to not get stuck in solitary the whole time, because, you know, the, the police, the, they don't understand anything like that yeah um so he ended up getting uh life was assigned female at birth and he ended up getting put in with the women who kind of kind of a cool thing is i guess there was some jailhouse solidarity and they wanted to put life back in solitary but the women were not down for that they were like no 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 like leave him with us like 
yeah. it's fine. It's good. Um, so kind of this whole thing, this whole thing happened and a couple of friends, we kind of organized to, you know, meet him when he got out of jail, help him get his car out of impound, all this stuff. But Leif has been stuck like fighting this court case ever since. Like he had uh, like a pretrial date. And then in like, I believe it was in mid July ish. They said, okay, we're like dismissing your charges pending future investigation, which they thought it would be the end of it. But then it like came back up where they're like, no, we want to pursue this bogus. If you look at the video, um, charge of assaulting this officer who beat the crap out of him. Um, and then, you know, that was came back up in August. And then just the other week, he had another pretrial date and the CPD doesn't want to turn over this like additional evidence that they're filing for in discovery. So they put another continuance on this trial until January. So for something that like you can see like publicly available video does not match up with what the cops are saying. Um, he's stuck fighting this for, you know, six months now and it's going to keep going on forever. That was the thing with Jake. Uh, when Jake got in trouble for the Facebook post was like, all right, uh, you know, they crossed a line or they did something wrong, whatever it may be. It's not a matter of just like you're in trouble and there's a, a consequence. They hold it over you for months and you can't get a job. <laughs> like you can't, you, there's all these fees required. There's all these dates. There's all these new situations to get in more trouble if you don't show up on time or yeah, whatever it may for be. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And like Leif had like kind of a corporate job that he lost. So he's delivering pizzas now and then having to, you know, balance paying for like legal fees and all of his other bills and stuff with that. It's just a really kind of rough situation. Yeah. Sounds like it. Is there anything we can point people to so that they can uh, get the help they need? Yeah, um, it's it's cool. If uh, GoFundMe.com slash Leif's Defense, L-E-I-F-S-D-E-F-E-N-S-E, uh, that'll take you to the GoFundMe that is being run to help him out right now. But, you know, Leif is just, I met him, we kind of knew each other online, then we met at your guys' show, and... Leif is just kind of one of the most genuine, fantastic people I've known in my whole life. You know, just the kind of person that is always going to be there for you if you need it. And uh, what was that? No. And what was it one more time? It's uh, GoFundMe.com slash Leif's Defense. L-E-I-F-S-D-E-F-E-N-S-E. All right, got it. I think, I think somebody might have posted it in the Twitch chat. It looks like. Okay. Yeah, and we'll make sure to share it too. Yeah, I found it. I got yeah, it in thank here. You yeah. Well, thanks for calling. We appreciate it. Absolutely. Yeah, that's something yeah. we want to uh, spread the word about and uh, send the support. You know, this is we we have the ability to make sure that this isn't a problem for them. I mean, that was a big thing for Jake too. Was that it didn't ruin his mm -hmm. life financially? So if we can do the same thing for life, I think that will be beneficial yeah it would be fantastic all but right there's a lot of people in columbus facing similar stuff similar charges like that that are just being carried out and stuff that happened this summer yeah yeah uh, that's crazy i don't even know how to deal with that well let well, hopefully we can help yeah i appreciate it i appreciate it guys
Hey, I know no problem. Country would appreciate it too. No problem. Thank you for calling. Yeah, thank you guys. Peace. Do, do, cool. Well, do, 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 do. you guys have a good one. You, you too. too. Do, we did it. Do, That's the show. Do, 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 do. We, one minute. We over. do so good. Wait, we always we went over. We always bring it right we in. We started one minute oh. late, though. We probably started two minutes. We landed late. the plane. Yep. Thanks for the show. Thanks for supporting the show. Buy our stuff. Give us money. That's not why we do this, but that's what makes it so that we can comfortably do this. Buy our stuff. The money, you know, Brian and I's uh, income is pretty much fixed. It's for a while now, and and anything that goes to us is just going more towards the business. Um, Katie's taking over a lot of the shipping and handling and logistics. I'm trying to spend more time to create content and do some live streams and some writing and some, some other things. So uh, that's the plan. And if you want that to continue, all you do is subscribe on Patreon. Really? That that's, that's the big thing. Other than that, we've got t-shirts available. Uh, there's a brand new pre-order happening right now. Learn more. I'm one of our favorite callers and good friends been listening for a long time. They made a shirt uh, called all connected and it's available in kids tees. So if you're a street fight parent, We've got kids t-shirts available now, and I'm going to do a family pack thing that will be on the site this week, hopefully Monday or Tuesday, but kids t-shirts now available, streetfightradio.com, store.streetfightradio.com. I put on my uh, wavy shirt, and I walked downstairs, and my wife was wearing it. It was humiliating. Again? Yeah. Well, no, it was just that This is the first time? Okay. I heard about it from Katie, I guess. It was humiliating to me. And I went right upstairs, and she was like, I'll I'll put a hoodie on, I swear. And I was like, all right, cool. This is why I don't wear them. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, it's tough. Thanks for listening. We're Street Fight. We'll see you on Wednesday night. The stream is available on Twitch, Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Twitch people, please show up. If you normally watch on another channel, Twitch, we need a couple more viewers to get that uh, partnership money. Uh, so head to twitch.tv slash streetfightradio. Subscribe to the show. You can get extra emojis and all kinds of fun stuff. And we'll see you on Wednesday. Peace.